0: The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the eSports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 66 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati, at Gelati, LOL. With me tonight, John George at the Esports Plug.
1: How are we doing, everybody?
0: And Josh Roberts at Roberts number
2: 49. Good evening, y'all.
0: Uh, Chris Chong at Prime, LOL. Could not join us. tonight; he had a bit of a scheduling conflict, but he will be back next week, hopefully. So, uh, we have all four regions back in, in the swing of things this week. Uh, Europe is back from break. We have a couple news pieces to get to, and we had a really interesting listener question from... Uh, I mean, we're going to get to it in just a second. But that's what's on the dock tonight, then we'll do pick of the week, and then we're going to get out of here. We're going to try to keep up the pace this week, because the podcast has been dragging on a little bit. Uh, I went back and started listening, we're, we we like start fading toward the end of the show. so I'm going to try to keep the pace moving this week, so let's get right into it. We had a really interesting listener question from... Uh, mton347 from the esports department discord also I mean, you've probably seen him all over DFS yeah, I know he's a pretty big name on DraftKings for league stuff anyway and uh, he had a really interesting like, kind of fun question he says restarting the LCS with the same rosters and meta as right now except with the format changed to a best of three do you bet yes or no with your life on the line to C9 losing a series the entire split
1: I'll start. I definitely would bet that they lose a series. It's the same as them losing a game for me is like it's just about showing up with the wrong game plan one day or just you know not feeling it. you know it's it's totally possible that like Nisky just doesn't get enough sleep. like those kinds of things definitely happen to teams, and like he's a little bit behind to play and then that throws the game. So while, I definitely think they would be huge favorites to win the league, I think I would definitely bet that they lose one series at least. What about you, Josh?
2: Yeah, I'd be the same. Um, Yeah, I don't think that. I I can't really add too much more. I think any team, like, I would bet that on any team. I don't care if DRX moves to the LCS. I'm still betting it. I I started thinking
0: about this a little bit, just for, you know, thought experiment, I guess. But uh, I started thinking about this, and I was like, does best of three actually, like, improve their chances of this happening or reduce it? Like, I, I think it improves it, but I also think that there's an angle that we we don't really talk about. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but I think, you know, the general public doesn't talk about it enough at all, which is best of one versus best of three. Like how many teams come in against cloud nine overly conservative because they only have one game. Like they prepare their one thing.
1: You're definitely right there. And you can see it in the LPL. The other way as well is there's definitely good teams that come in and draft weird crap in game one. And if they lose, then they just play standard in two and three and they usually win. Yeah. That's something that you see a lot in the LPL and it's it's a it is a little bit easier to give away a three game series if you give up the first game and then you have to beat somebody twice and we could definitely see Cloud 9 do something like that if it was best of 3.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because like you you give them the chance to just be like okay, let's reel it back in and then just play standard and stomp the next two games, but you also give other teams incentive like more, I would think in a best of 1 Personally, the way I operate in a best of one, I would be incentivized to introduce variants like immediately against against a team like Cloud Nine. But I know for a fact that's not how these teams think. Which is like the that's like the tough part about answering a question like this. So like I think the the way you should do it is maybe that way, but what actually happens is a different thing. And I think if you add best of threes, more teams would be willing to try something off the wall, something different. As it stands. Have we seen anything truly, like, bizarre in North America? Like, I honestly, I think TSM has done the weirdest shit with the fiddle mid. Like, that's, like, the weirdest thing. And I don't even think that's that weird.
1: It's, like, just a thing that you can do. Not a lot of experimenting, for sure. Yeah,
0: and there's a reason for that, which is every game... Like, it's good that every game matters, but it's also kind of a bad thing because everyone is playing so overly conservative all the time that you never really get to see what teams are capable of, like, on all ends of the spectrum, you know? Like, you don't get to see how bad a team can be if they're trying something that's not stock standard, right? You also don't get to see, like, how good they could be if they did something even just a little bit different, because everyone's overly conservative about it. I I think I'd be with you guys in in taking that they would lose a series, just for... There's just so much variance that has to go in your favor for an undefeated season to happen, ever. That's why you don't see them very often. And... I think especially with the game the way it is right now and with, like, the overall... I'd say, like, compared to five years ago or six or seven years ago, like, the average bad team is way better than the bad teams were back then. So, you know, there's no, like, free games. There are no free squares. And, like, just being strictly, like... I am playing at a higher level. Like, I'm just playing a different game than you are. That's not, like, a lot less the case nowadays. Right? Like, you know, when T1 was... You know, their reign of terror in, like, season three, four, and five, and six, really. Like, their entire reign of terror where, like, they had the undefeated seasons and everything. Like, they were just playing a different game of League of Legends than everyone. Like, there was nobody on the planet that was in the same ballpark as them. And, like, it took until, like, literally all of season three, nobody was playing the same League of Legends as them at all. Season four, you had some more competition. Season five, like, everyone was kind of leveled up at that point, and... So, like, I think nowadays it's a lot harder to do than it was before. So, yeah. I saw it's like, kind of a fun question. Like, life on the line, part of me is, like, I, I would have a hard time with my life on the line against that team, like, at any point. Like, that was, like, the psychological part of it wants to say yes. But, like, I know the answer is probably no. And I was saying to John before we started this up that, like, I think the an interesting comparison would be to, like, go back and look at like, odds for, like, the really dominant NFL teams you've seen, like the Patriots. Like, every season, sports books float numbers for, like, oh, Patriots undefeated season. Or this season, it's probably the Chiefs or the Ravens undefeated. And it's almost never worth doing, but, like, you would have to look at that to, like, give me the kind of odds that I would want on something like this rather than just, like, yes or no. Like, straight up yes or no, it's absolutely no.
1: Yeah, I agree. You'd have to get some pretty heavy odds, I think.
0: I would want, like, 20 – uh, I th- I would consider I would start considering it At like
1: fifteen to one I think, yeah, something like that seems reasonable. Although I don't know, like how do you how do you
0: weight that in lives? Can I get like fifteen million dollars if I'm right? Like that's- <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, M three forty seven, thank you for the listener question. He hit that up in the esports department Discord, which has been hopping and talking a lot. So I would encourage everyone to come check that out. It's free. So uh, whether you're a subscriber or not, come. Hang out, mix it up, talk. It's active all hours of the day. It's great. It's kind of a cool little community that's uh, you know, slowly building itself up. It's awesome. A couple news items, uh, all roster moves in this case. Um, so we have Golden Glue, just picked up by EG. That happened like two hours ago, three hours ago. We were recording Wednesday night. Uh, is, did they say he's going to start?
1: Golden Glue? So,
2: yeah, yeah, go ahead. So they didn't... But veteran was streaming earlier today and had like a little nugget where he said treats getting promoted actually won't change the number of active European players in the league. Uh, so like the popular rumor is that Golden Blue may actually end up starting over Jazuke and then they move like Hooney back in.
1: Jacob Wolf actually literally just tweeted that they're starting him so that Huni. Oh, can- there we go. Um, yeah, they're starting him so that Hooney can play top lane. Wow.
0: Okay, so that's actually. I'm going to take a second to digest that. Uh, That's such
1: a weird... I
0: almost think that, like, EG do... This is one of those, like, slippery slope situations, right? Where you you feel like you need to... We're going to talk about this with Origin in just a second, too, because they're going through something similar that we'll get to in just a second. They are close enough that I don't think they need to do a move like this and that if this goes bad, it actually endangers their chances. But I guess if you also look at it like Huni and Golden Glue, EG, maybe that's like not that much different.
1: I think the biggest issue here, and it's a little bit of a rant, but the biggest issue here is, well, the way I would phrase it, honestly, is just to say that EG doesn't deserve Jazuke. <laughs> as funny as that is to say, but the truth is, if you When you have him on your team, they should not be doing what they're doing. They should be building around him yeah. rather than trying to force him to do the garbage that they're already doing. Um, they should be building around him. They should get a more aggressive jungler. Get rid of Spence Garen and get an aggressive jungler that can pair 2v2 with him. Stop trying to force him to play the same garbage League of Legends that everybody else is playing in North America. You have a guy who is a stud. He's a game breaker. Him. Yeah, he's a can completely take over games by himself. When you have a guy like that, Stop trying to turn him into, you know, a two of mediocre NA mid laners. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm if if this is how they feel about it, dude. I hope Jazuke goes to another team and and gets on somewhere else and let them play golden yeah. blue.
0: The whole the whole EG situation's been really interesting to me because I, I typically am a defender of just play the best thing, like. You need to at least show that you can play the best thing regardless of whether it's a fit for the player, and good players will learn how to play it to a good enough level that you have to respect it. People are complaining about the Karma, the cogma, like all this other stuff. I think what's interesting about this situation is I'm usually on that side of things, but when you have someone as specific as him, he's a very specific kind of player, and he has very specific champions he's good at. He's, he's like Forge. Like, there's very specific things he's good at, and when he's on those things, he's a stud. And, obviously, he's a really good player because he's, like, even still making it work on some of this stuff. But, uh, to me, you should be building around him and, and, like, nobody else on that team. Like, I think Bang is capable of being built around, but, like, you don't really want to build around an AD carry right now, just in general. Like, it's not really... AD carry is very important, but I don't think it's, like, how you structure a whole team. In modern League of Legends, like you need to play around one of the solo lanes, like one of the solo lanes, or even jungle. Honestly, like I think if you're gonna play around having a jungler that's like always gonna have a pick that gives him agency, I think that can be a good plan too. Like that's that's a a, a like a philosophy that you can have that I think is is a reasonable strategy. I like as as a as a metagame apologist and as someone that like d- like does not hate seeing. Players like Jazuke and Knight on stuff like karma, as much as most people do. Like, I think it's totally fine they play those things. As someone that says that, this is NA. You have a stud player, let him just dump on people. Like, exactly. why? Like, like, let, like,
1: that, that's, they don't have, it's, like, it really is that simple
0: in this case. I think. They don't have
1: anybody else on their team that's, like, worth doing anything with. I mean, yeah. Bang is fine. Zazel's fine. Kumo's acceptable sometimes. Spence Garen's been bad for me, but. Yeah, they don't have anybody else on the team Well, it's like, well, we'll just get rid of Jazuke and we'll play around these other guys that we've got because they don't have anybody else there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, think,
0: I think Bang has actually been extremely good, like, throughout 2020. Like, he's been very good this year, but, like, he's not so unique that you can build around him. You know what I'm saying? Like, is, does that make sense? Like, I don't mean to, like, disrespect because he's had an insane season, like, all of 2020. He's been really good. Like, super efficient, does his job well, can play stronger weeks. Like, he's just a good player still. But he's not, like, the kind of player you, you put a team on and it's not the position that you want to put a team on either. Like W E, right? Let's use W E as an example. W E. You could argue that Joe like the best player on that team, right? There's a reasonable argument for that. I don't agree with it, but th- like, he's very good. And, but the, 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 fact of the matter is that team's built around teacher mom, Bayshon. It's not built around him or Morgan or yeah. missing. Like it's built around those two. and, like teacher mouse, probably the worst player on that team, but they buy into that philosophy and they build around something and they know this is like our identity. And this is what we're going to do. EG don't have an identity. And that's the problem I've had with them. Like all years that they like, look at when they were doing good in playoffs last year. It was when they finally figured out, like we're going to stop trying to be this weird side lane thing and just play standard. And they were actually pretty good when they just decided to do that. And then now they're going back to just this like flip flopping, like they're back and forth. Like, do we want to be a one three one side lane team? Do we want to be a front to back two core team? We, like, it looks like they don't know what they want to do. So I don't know. Maybe bringing Hooney in gives them some sort of identity, but it does feel shitty because I don't think jizuke has been the problem at all. I
2: think it's yeah. I don't disagree with what anything you guys said, um, but what I think it is is, is honestly just that they're going to go all in on the bang connection going back to T1 days or SKT days. So that, that's what it sounds like they're going with to me. And I don't hate that idea. Like they just went Oh two and two games that they probably should have won. Um, they're going to try and change something up. Like, I don't hate that idea. Um, and, uh, looking at Jacob Wolf's announcement, like it's literally a one week contract for golden glue. So like, this is not a big deal to try out. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's more just to see, Hey, how do we do with uni Cause it's not like, I mean, we're saying, like, talking about Jazuke not being the problem. Kumo has most definitely not been the problem. He's been
1: – He's been good this split.
2: Yeah, he's been, like, arguably their their most impressive player, like, game over game this split.
1: Yeah, um, he had one real bad game there, but I agree.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, you're in a rut. Why not try it? I don't know that it'll actually end up working out, and I doubt they end up sticking with this roster. Um But – You know, maybe they're trying to do something else. If you watch, like, their games, it does look like Bang's just, like... He's not even, like, playing with the team. Uh, You you see them, like, all all the time fighting 4v5, and he's just, like, farming away. Well, that
0: was their problem, like, three quarters... Like, the first three quarters of last season, right? Was that they just, like, they looked like they had conflicting ideas on the same team. And that once they got on the same page, they were, like, the second best team in the league. Or third, I guess. Whatever. I
1: would have just... Personally, if it was me, I just put... Onda on the main roster instead of Spence Garen. I think Onda's an aggressive jungler who could pair well with Jizuke. Yeah. That's just, like, an easy swap out for me to make the team better. He's, and
0: he's played in the LCS before, so it's not like he's an unknown. Like, I'm, he's not a world beater or anything
1: like that, but, like, he's functional. Like, he's a serviceable like player. He's like a mini-blabber. Like, he's real aggressive yeah. like blabber is. It's just not quite as good, but that that would work perfectly with Jizuke. That's what he needs.
0: Yeah, And maybe this is just, like, a shot-in-the-arm situation. Also, like, they... I don't know wh- how the Hooney contract transfer worked. I have no idea who owns what money in what situation. But like, if they're if they're on that contract and and Dig didn't need any of it, I would damn sure want to see what the hell I have in him because what am I paying you for? <laughs> so maybe that's all this is. But yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting, and it looks a little tilty. But if it's a one week contract, you never like maybe this is just that. a shot in the arm. So uh, the other thing was. I guess we'll do these out of order just because this one's like kind of similar, uh, Jack troll to origin and he will be starting this week over destiny. I think a lot of people look at these kind of moves and they think it's like tilt, like organizational tilt, but like sometimes you just need something different. And like, we might like, who knows destiny may be back next week.
1: Yeah. I think kind of, my initial reaction was that this is, like, the worst roster move of all time.
0: <laughs> yeah, because obviously the Jack Troll
1: memes, right? Like, But at the same time, you know, I'm willing to give it a shot. I know he does well in solo queue. I know he's been on the same in the same kind of stagnant structure on Vitality for quite a while. Maybe it takes, like, you know, getting onto a new team that looks like it has a chance. It's not like he was always terrible. I mean, Jack, there were some periods where Jack Troll was all right back in the day when Vitality was good.
0: I'll give Maybe... him this. I'll give him this. We remember him for the bad plays But he he's sort of like um, Oh my god who's the old KT support Honestly he's like He's not quite like Ignore but he's like Hachani that's what I'm thinking of Like Hachani had Just looks like an idiot a lot of the time And like got memed as the worst player and all this stuff But like he would just have phases where he was just on And he was a playmaker Like Jack Troll tries to be a playmaker It just doesn't work out most of the time And I'll say this it's a weird fit with Origin. Like, that was my first thought. I was like, Origin picked him up? Like, of all teams, like, the like the safe stock standard textbook, like, minimize mistakes League of Legends team picked up Jack Troll. But at the yeah. same time, like, maybe they just want someone that's going to do something. It's not to say they've been totally passive this season, but, like, I don't know. This could also just be a shot in the arm kind of situation. Yeah, we'll
1: I, have to see what happens with this one, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't hate it.
1: He's been around a long time, and like I said, he might you you might get a little something fresh coming onto a new team, you know that's that's uh, has a potential to go to worlds and stuff like that. You know, you step up and up your game a little bit, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I think um, at, at some point, like when, when we as like an anal- like an analyst or viewing community or critical viewing community, like look at these games and we're always like shitting on one player over and over again, like but he keeps getting jobs, places, and like in this case, he upgraded. So, like, clearly there is some amount of respect in, like, the higher circles for him, whether it's a solo queue or, like, maybe he's a scrim god. Like, I have no idea. So, yeah. Definitely interesting. Uh, two sort of similar moves. Um, next up, we have Treats moving up to the TSM main roster. Uh, I don't know much about
1: this. I, I'm i a big fan of this move. Treats has been really, really good in, in Academy. And Biofrost has not been anything special for a very long time. Like, on any team that he's been on for a long time, he's just been like average support guy. I always view him and Smoothie, they're very different players, but I always view them both as like average support guy. I never expect them to be much better than like the fourth best support in the league, and I never expect them to be worse than like the sixth support in the league. So they're just like in the middle there. And I think Treats, while it might fail, Treats has the possibility to be an all star support. Like, he's been very, very good in Academy. So if he keeps that up and in the LCS, you might have found yourself a star here. TSM's not in the in a, the kind of place where they're probably going to miss playoffs or anything. They yeah. can afford to try some like this out, give him a shot, see if he's really, really good. I love it. I love giving your talent from academy a shot when they're proving that they're doing it. Yeah,
0: I'm a huge fan. Also, um, for what it's worth, too, I think a lot of people like he's actually pretty old for a prospect. He's 24. And like I don't I don't I think this gets overblown big time. Like I don't think the age is like a huge factor, especially like at support, but like I, I just agree, just in general. Give your talent an opportunity. And like and like you said, like there's not really any threat of them missing playoffs, I don't think. They look like we were afraid if they got off to a bad start that this could go off the rails, but they haven't, so I think like oh the TSM feel like they're the fourth best team, third or fourth, like they're in that tier, I think. So all right. also, yeah, go ahead, Josh.
2: Uh, I was just going to say that it's, like, worked, this split specifically, too. Like, uh, the teams we've seen do this, bringing Academy guys up, it's worked. 100 Thieves literally just beat the best team in, in the league. Dignitas just had a 2 a week. Immortals has looked vastly improved. Um, like, every team that's done it so far, this split, it's worked. So,
1: they're finally starting to learn that lesson that we've been saying forever. It's like uh-huh. these, these guys, these recycled four-year LCS guys that have never been good the whole time they've been here, you're better off just bringing in prospect guys. A lot of times they're better, yeah. and they don't cost as much money, and yeah, yeah, we've been saying it forever, and I'm glad they're finally doing it. Yeah,
0: I think there's a place for the the grizzled veteran. Like, I, I'm i Mr. <laughs> defend the Old Guys. You guys know this. Like, I'm always I'm almost always, like, airing on the side of the veterans, but like... I do think that there's way too much of, like, just automatic devotion when there shouldn't be. And, I mean, what's the, like, the worst case scenario is this This doesn't work out, and now Biofrost is like, okay, like, the fact that they did that means that, like, maybe I don't have 100% job security, so I better step my game up. It's just, I don't know, just, it's like, or maybe it's just giving Biofrost a rest, who the hell knows, I don't know. I, I don't think these moves are as, I think they're more good than bad, like, most of the time. Like, I, don't, I don't mind roster moves. I think people tend to like always associate them with negatives, and they shouldn't be. All right, uh, so I wanted to do Europe first this week because we had the off week last week, and I wanted to get your, th- your guys' thoughts on whether or not you're treating coming off of the off week differently for any of these teams. Uh, do you have any kind of – is there a big-picture approach you're taking to you know jumping back into the LEC this upcoming week?
1: It feels like normalization to me. I don't know about you, but I think we're going to see – the teams that you expected to be good coming into the split look a little better. And the thing, the teams that might've been overperforming a little bit, look a little worse, extra time to prepare extra time to shake out any sort of cobwebs that were haunting the like teams that have been underperforming like Fnatic in particular. I think we're going to watch Fnatic come out here and look a lot better this week. Uh, that, that's kind of how I view it. I, I think we're going to see a little bit better out of some of the teams that we originally expected more from.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, let's go through that. Like <clears throat> who's going to, who do you think's coming out looking better? Fanatic, obviously, uh, any, any other candidates, you think, for this?
1: G2, Origin, any of the teams that we kind of expected to be better coming into the season. With Origin, it's a little bit questionable since they got the Jack Troll thing going on. We don't know what's going to happen with that. But in general, yeah, the teams that we thought were going to be good coming into the season.
0: Chris Chung has hopped in and joined us here. Uh, you got a little bit of background noise there. But we're talking about uh, how we're approaching Europe going into uh, – out coming off of the off week and into the second half of the season, uh, whether you're treating any teams differently or not. Uh, I'll pass to Josh for now. Josh, do you have any thoughts?
2: No, yeah, I, I feel kind of the same. I think, I think things will start to filter out a little bit, but I do think the teams that have shown to be different than what we expected, like, I don't think that's necessarily a fluke. Um, like some of these teams that have exhibited the higher ceiling than we originally anticipated, or some of the teams that have looked worse even. Like, I don't really think it's going to be that big of a difference for Origin in the second half. But maybe like maybe they find something. But I do think it'll be a big difference for like Fnatic, if that makes sense. So it, it I think it, it it is a little bit team by team. Um, I still think this league is gonna be really interesting to see who ends up making the playoffs. Though. So.
0: Yeah, uh, Chris, toss to you. So I, I wanted to go over like who, you know, who who's a team? Who are your teams like that you think are gonna come out looking better off the break? Like the break couldn't have come at a better time, kind of situation. Like they you think that's gonna help them out more than it hurt them any candidates for that i think i think we've unanimously said fanatic across the board
3: right um, yeah i was i was thinking about this as i was writing my article and fanatic was the first one that popped into my mind because they desperately needed a reset a mental reset everything reset wanted to say origin But now they have Jack Troll, so I'm just... Yeah, we just just got finished talking about that and how, like, it's kind Uh, of
0: interesting. Like, maybe it's not a bad thing. I don't know.
3: Maybe we're we're, we're basing this off of Jack Troll's reputation, but the last time we saw him, it wasn't great either. But that was spring. It's also a much different team. Was it that much? No, I'm saying, like, it's a good team (laughs) now. It's like... Ah, okay. Yeah, well, we don't, I mean, I don't know. we don't know, <laughs> and that's the image we'll have, right? Vitaly terrible with Jatron. Vitaly with Labro, upsetting others. Yeah, um, uh, for me, I think this would probably uh, Fnatic is the first one, and I think this is probably good for Mad Lions to have some bit of a reset. As weird as it to say that, I think they've been really experiencing this high, uh, and then just flat out. Got destroyed in that last game against Miss Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be interesting
0: seeing how they come out after, like, how they respond to the time off. Like, because this could, you could kind of look at this as like a momentum killer, but I also think that, like, them losing is, like, a good thing for them. Like, they need to learn how to do that if they're going to, you know, progress. What do you think, John?
1: I think it could be a bad thing. A team that I'm thinking about that it could be a bad thing for is XL. I feel like XL were, like, really riding a wave of momentum in their last few games, and they looked really, really good, and it felt like they had a lot of confidence. Um, I hope they don't lose that because I actually really like that team and I like their upside if they perform together. So I hope it doesn't end up being bad for them.
0: Yeah, similarly, like Misfits, who had like, kind of a rough start and then like looked like they finally figured it out just in time for like the bye week to smash them and like just kill any momentum. Like, it's going to be – I think those are like I, – I, I would say Misfits is probably my biggest potential this-is-a-bad-thing candidate. Like, this was bad timing for them. But I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case. Like, they might just be fine. But I think, like, of all the teams, this probably, I think, maybe Rogue, who have just been, like, out of, like, they just been lights out with everything. And this, you could disrupt that a little bit. Like, I think that would be the other candidate. How about, like, does the bottom of the table change at all for you guys? Like, does Shalka and Vitality get anything from this?
1: It's hard to see be getting any better. Um, to be honest with you I really am kind of out on Shulka now After watching them a little bit And they have Gilius back in there Who I think is kind of a a one trick pony And the one trick is not very good Like I think he only kind of does one thing And the thing that he does is not very good He's been doing it for years So I doubt like a, a two week break Is going to like completely turn around his style He's European
0: yeah. Malrong dude <laughs> <laughs>
1: one of those players too where it's like the team will go as he goes and so it's really kind of unfortunate that <laughs> like he's not playing very well because he pretty much auto loses for his team a lot of the time I think but yeah so especially cuz the team I think is just not going to recover from this All right,
0: cool. uh any other just big picture thoughts in Europe or just go right into the slate here Let's go right into it All right so we got uh Friday kind of an interesting slate this week too uh, a lot of interesting matchups uh so Friday, first match, we have uh, SK Gaming, minus 196, against Schalke, plus 195. SK Gaming looked pretty good in the first half. Not perfect. They had some, not bad games, but they had some games where they just got smashed by good teams. Um, they lost to Vitality, too, right? That was the other loss they had. So, not perfect, but I think SK, SK are doing a lot of the right things, and I think Crown Shot's been unreal, like super good, no surprise to
1: Josh. Yeah, Roberts especially.
0: Number one fanboy over there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is this too rich coming off a of bye week? Like, I know Schalke are bad, but.
2: I, yeah, yeah, this number's too big. Um, As the I,
0: SK supporter, the SK fanboy over here is saying this number's yeah, too big.
2: Yeah, I mean, just wait till tomorrow. Like, just don't play this game. Just move on to the next day. Uh, this is a, this is a good one. I think I'm hope, what I'm hoping actually happens is in DFS that a lot of people will play SK here because Shaka's been so bad. But the good thing is Shaka hasn't really been like, they're one of those teams that's like really like just boring to watch lose because they're kind of like team liquid last split where they're just like LNG, this split. They just run away and like don't do anything. So hopefully we'll get some decent ownership leverage there. Uh, if people over them, but yeah, this number's. Just too big for a game that's like whatever, you
0: know. I think it's going to get bigger too. So, like if yeah. you if you want to do the whole new no special and Shawka, wait till like Friday, like wait till yeah. Friday morning.
1: Feel exactly the same. It's like I really want to bet SK in this spot, but the number is just too large. And especially when you look at that matchup that they have tomorrow, it's just you just wait an extra day and you just get so much better value.
0: Yeah, I think I think if you're gonna play, if you're gonna do kill spreads, I think play SK now before this number goes up and like maybe it jumps from like a six and a half to a seven and a half or a five and a half to a six and a half, like so you don't lose the key number or whatever. A key key number. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know if we're going that far in League of Legends yet, but. So, like, you don't want the money line odds to jump up so that you miss out on, like, closer to even money on a kill spread. Like, if you can get minus 5.5 at minus 110 and the money line goes up to 250 and it jumps to 6.5 at minus 110, you just lost a kill worth of value there if you were thinking about the kill spread. So if you're going to do kill spread, I think do it now. If you want to do the underdog, I think wait because I'm pretty sure this number is going to go up. People always throw SK in parlays and stuff like that. Or they throw the favorite. They throw this range of favorites in parlays and stuff and they it almost seems like they always go up, like, 20 points just naturally so um, rogue minus 250 Excel plus 182 so interesting uh, Excel looking a lot better for the break I don't necessarily want to call them good but they looked a lot better rogue t- looked unbelievable in the first half of the
1: season this is an interesting spot I don't think I'm gonna end up betting it but I excel is my favorite kind of team no matter like what league they are I love teams that just take, like, XL has a scaler every game. They have an extra hyper carry super scaler every single game, and they're just like, we're just going to try to keep at least, like, even with you until this guy just crushes you. Yeah, I love teams that do that. It's, like, my favorite thing because a lot of those hyperscalers don't exactly get, like, murdered in lane. Like, they don't have good lanes, but they often don't get murdered. And so, you know, if you get a lead early from your other lanes, great. If you don't get a lead early from your other lanes, you got this guy. I just love teams that draft like that, so I'm a huge F.O.T. fan. It's
0: it's the FlyQuest equation. That's why we all love FlyQuest so much. It's like, I just respect this team because they've identified that most teams aren't just going to beat them consistently. So they're like, okay, beat us. Here it is. We're going to put it out there. Beat us. And it's sometimes, yeah, every once in a while, a Golden Guardians is going to run over them and snowball a game and get them. But most of the time, like even against good teams, they're just like, okay, you screwed up, the game's ours now, or, like, I I usually, it's weird, I I have a certain respect for teams that are consistent about that, because a lot of times you get teams that play that way, and they, like, start going off the, the, you know, the path, so to speak, the proverbial path, and they're like, oh, they start getting cute, or start doing this, or start going way too overboard on the all-in late game. FlyQuest have just been, like, hyperbalanced. Excel have been playing that like balanced play style. I think like we are another example of this, just playing
1: balanced league of legends, right? Like, yep, just, I love it. yeah, I, lo- I love seeing a volley bear kale composition. Yeah. Like, volley bear is going to hold you up. Kale is going to win later. And volley bear is not the same as like a, like a wreck side. That's just going to be like worthless in the late game team fights. Like he's still a tank. He still does something. And that's the kind of thing that Excel drafts. Yeah,
0: he's still a dive enabler. Like regardless, yeah, he, he does a he boatload of there. AOE damage.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I love it. Um,
0: any I don't know, Chris, Josh, thoughts on a side for this? Do you feel strongly about this or is this number just about right to you?
3: Uh I think of all the games on this late, I wouldn't feel bad about putting an Excel stack out there. Um, yeah. it's worth it because nobody wants to believe in Excel and there's so much hype coming in for Rogue that it's a ownership's play.
0: This is uh, this feels like it could be just an ownership play in general because like Rogue haven't exactly been winning like with a ton of points either, so people might just want to stay away from this game altogether, which is you know presents a pretty good opportunity. Just maybe you snipe some like one and two percent owned XL players, you know you, who knows like I think it's yeah, a good like spot it. for that. Uh, Josh, you any strong thoughts on this one? You think Rogue just smashed this or what?
2: Yeah. I, uh, can you you guys? Yeah, you guys I got in? you. Cool.
0: Oh, you, you're my out again. Now you muted yourself. <laughs> there it goes.
2: Sorry, Sorry. Uh, I actually think this is a, like, complete fade in DFS, but bet bet the dog situation in terms of actually betting. Um, I'm probably going to be preying on Rogue's downfall in the second half a little bit. Um, and I don't think Excel are a better team, but I do think that they've shown enough to be able to throw a wrench in the system of, of a team like Rogue. Um that being said, like I wouldn't be that surprised if Rogue just came out and steamrolled them. But I think the number is big enough for me to take a shot on Excel here. But I actually think the payoff you would get by playing Excel in DFS won't be that high because even when Rogue wins or loses, like you said, they're just not doing all that. Yeah. Much, honestly, yeah,
0: I think what's interesting about this too is is Rogue. It's it's a lot easier to prepare something weird, and you, this part of this is the thing I love about Europe. By the way, is Europe. Uh, tries to abuse the fact that it's a best of one region, like these teams actually actively try to abuse that it's the best of one and just cheese people. Like even if it's not like the stinky Limburger level cheese, right? Even if it's not that level, they'll they'll be like, oh yeah, here's a here's a curveball. We're gonna play like you know a Moo. Moo or like oh cannon-80 Carry or something. Like they'll play like four normal champions in like one weird th- Riven, you know, like something like that. So I, I think. uh I do think Rogue is legit, but I think like coming off of an off week like this, this is the classic dog situation, right? When you give an underdog more time to prepare, like if this be if this match happened three weeks from now, I'm I'm all over Rogue there. Regard like more unless Excel like vastly exceed what I expect them to do in the next couple weeks. If this happened three weeks from now, I'm gonna be all over Rogue if it's the same number. Right now, coming off of an off an off week, I think Excel are gonna look better now than they're probably gonna look the rest of the season. Like, the next, like, week or two. Now, that's not a, I don't mean that as a slight against them, but, you know. It's kind of like a halfway version of, like, the preseason underdogs in week one. It's not quite the same a week. You can't get as much done in a week. A lot of the players actually just take time off. So, it's not always the same. But I wouldn't put it past some of these teams that, like, need the wins to put some time in on some weird stuff to try to really make a push in the second half, whereas Rogue kind of have a big cushion, and they can afford to, you know, maybe take it easy a little bit. Vitality plus 219, Fnatic minus 312. This is the test, right? So it's kind of like that concept I just talked about versus we all think Fnatic are going to come out looking way better in the in the second half.
1: Yeah, it feels like a no bet because the number is so big, but I like Fnatic to win it.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I think Fnatic win, but I'm not laying that kind of money on it.
3: Yeah, would agree. I think there will be people who will test out the vitality number just because they think that Fnatic is still this beatable team. They've been coming off a very long losing streak. Right? I think they had like one win when the last six games.
0: Yeah, people might
3: just go and point to that, especially those who have not been following the scene for a while. They'll just see Fnatic as this.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna frame this slate at the end because I'm I'm interested to see your guys' thoughts because you guys are are you know. Pretty good at the projecting ownership and everything. So I want to get your thoughts once we get through this, just in terms of that. Uh, next up, we have Origin minus one twenty eight, Misfits minus one hundred four. This is our Misfits the real deal. Our Origin going to look better? Our Origin going to look worse? Is it a little bit of both? Is it a little bit of not? What's the de- What's the deal here? I actually think this is like a really really interesting matchup, and it's only overshadowed by the next one.
1: <laughs> I think I'm all in on Origin. I feel like the. the the price is only this good because Jack Troll's coming in, and people don't think Jack Troll's going to be any good. But they had to have done enough research with Jack Troll that he's not just going to come in here and like just straight int. So I'm
0: I, I really like Origin here minus 128. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Origin in this spot too. I just think they're a better team. Like even even struggling recently, I think they're like a, a full tier better than Misfits. Like I think Misfits playing at their best and Origin playing at their worst. I think it's maybe even maybe Misfits favored. I don't know. Josh doesn't agree with me.
2: Listen, Jelani is, his old man takes are getting too overwhelming. Like, Duck is just straight up washed. So we just need to set that out there. And then from there, this game is over because Alfari is good enough to kick the crap out of Dan Dan, but he doesn't want to be because he just plays Renekton every game. And Duck has no idea what he's doing. He's playing Echo, and then, like, I, no one knows what the hell these Who's are.
0: the better Echo, Icon or nuke
1: duck? Oh, my. Don't even bring up icon Echo night, dude. I don't even want to talk about that. That was the ugliest crap I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that's two series in a row now, by the way. Especially because, like, so many people, including me, needed him to outscore SMLV. <laughs> and you're actually, like, you see Echo, and you're like, that's a champion. they like, you can have a 10-1-5 game on Echo, yeah. you know?
0: And he's just like oh six two or whatever the hell he ends just up. Refusing to yeah. cast his ult when he's dead, like uh. but
2: yeah. That and then misfits did like straight up mad Lions didn't play bad in that last game. Misfits oh yeah, misfits
0: just dominated
2: them. Yeah, phenomenal. So if they're kind of rounding into that form and and you know gelling together as a team, because they did have a lot of changes, right? They had a whole new bot lane that they were integrating. So uh if they're starting to find that form, I, I think this is something they could pull off. Um, I think just take the relative dog. Hopefully the line moves and you get plus money on misfits. But if not, I then... I do think,
1: uh, think Nuke Duck is pretty washed. I have to I have to agree with you there. I think he's having a terrible season. Yeah, he he a season. He had, he didn't have a good season last season either. Like he had a fine, acceptable season, but it wasn't. Like... If you guys remember the year of the duck, when he was just like playing a different champion every game and going off, and then he has not been the same since that season.
2: That was my first year of of watching League, and so like
1: I've been like I was like just huge like
2: Nuke Duck fanboy like Origin's gonna be not, like untouchable like no one can play against this guy in lane, and then he's just been like bad like I don't I heard um Thorn was talking about it like is it like Giotto or something? Uh, yeah, Giotto the coach. Yeah, they've been together like forever. Him and Nuke. They just kind of always end up devolving into this play style where it's kind of just like meh. Um, and yeah, just like not inspiring. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's, I'm not obviously, I'm not as far off that side as you guys are. I think like, I, I, I'll say this it's his worst season ever. He's been having his worst season ever. I don't think he's been having necessarily like a terrible season. It's just been his worst season. And it's like relative to what we think. I do think he's a bottom half mid laner right now. I'll give you that. But I also think that like calling it terrible is like you gotta measure like expectation too. I,
1: don't know. I think he's been a straight liability. <laughs> like I don't even think it's been like an acceptable yeah. season.
0: You no, know, like, he he, he Yeah. Like I'm I'm just saying like it's not like Yeah. Alright, maybe you think he's more of a liability. I I do think he's been a liability. But I also think that they're getting it's what's weird about this team is like I do think that they're trying to branch out a little bit. It's just not working for them. So It's an interesting question, right? Where we know this team's problem, right? Like, this team's problem is, like, they're just not going to beat the Fanatics and the G2s and the Mad Lions of the world because, like, that's their. They just don't play that kind of, like, all in on weird drafts or anything like that. And they're trying some different stuff. They're trying to add tools to their toolbox, but, like, that's not what this team is. So, where do you draw the line? I guess this is, like, a bigger picture origin discussion now, right? Where do you just. Like, where do you draw the line? Like,. Do you just say like this is who we are and you just march it out there and it is what it is or do you actually try to grow and expand cuz it's a, it's an interesting discussion, right? Like if this team has world's aspirations, they're not going to win a world championship doing what they're doing. Like they got to at least make other teams respect that they can do other stuff even if it's not like at the same level. So like it's a really cha- it's it's an interesting situation like from from like a big picture team philosophy standpoint. Like where do you guys like stand do you guys stand like strongly on any side of that?
1: You can win a world championship doing what they're doing. You just have to be a lot better at it than they are. Yeah,
0: that, that I agree of, with.
1: That's kind of how I feel about it. Is like, you can mix things up because you're not good enough at what you're trying to do to win a world championship at it.
3: Uh, they were the other team that I was thinking about this that needed this reset, right? Because all that experimentation can be done in the first half. Um, and now it's just a matter of getting to worlds you can do all your changes once the world meta hits get those practice in but right now the focus should be just getting enough to get into worlds yeah
0: Josh thoughts on that? no okay yeah I don't know it's, it's this is an interesting one this is like a I think it's going to be a ver, very polarizing matchup I think a lot of people are going to be like very firmly on one side or the other for this one I think both sides have things you could justify about them it's Feels kind of like a gut, like an actual gut handicap to me, right? Because it feels like no matter which side you're on, this number is too low. But, yeah, it's like one of those, like those, those come up every once in a while. They don't actually come up as frequently as you'd think. So, uh, next, G2 Mad Lions, G2 minus 175 plus 130, game of the week. Is this just a slam dunk, G2? Like, are G2 just going to like little brother the shit out of Mad Lions?
1: Josh has some thoughts. I can see it. No, I
2: mean, yeah, it is. I'm just like, what the hell is this number? Like why are we getting why is the number so far off? This should be way closer to even money. Like the the problem is that I, I'm fully confident G two wins. But I have to, you have to bet Mad Line's a plus one thirty here, no? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like that's it's such a shitty spot because like I feel like these this should be a minus one fifteen, minus one fifteen, or if anything, like just or maybe like minus one thirty g two minus one o five mad like these numbers are just too far off for me.
0: It's weird because, like if I'm a bookmaker, I'm not flo- like I would criticize floating this kind of number, but then I think about it and be like people are just gonna slam g two anyway, so like maybe maybe this is just right I don't know i I agree with you, I think the number it's there's like two conflicting thoughts in my head, which is we're never gonna see g two under minus two hundred ever again and and Mad Lions are actually good, and this number's too big, so it's like kind of both. May- I might just end up staying away from this and watching it. Maybe bet the overkill total.
3: Although it's probably so going to be sky high, so trap. maybe not. So, so you think this is a trap <laughs> maybe, <said> a trap?
0: <laughs> maybe, But it's interesting. So I, just thought experiment here. Who's going to be the most owned underdog on this slate?
1: Mad Lions. Definitely. Mad Lions. Who, who's second? Misfits, <laughs> yeah, misfits just because of the number. No, I mean, that doesn't matter for DFS,
0: but yeah. they'll, be, they'll be cheap and they have a
1: decent yeah. chance to win. Are they gonna? Are, they, are, they, are,
0: they, are those two going to be like an overwhelming amount of the underdog pool? Like, if the underdogs are, say, what, like 40% of whatever, like, I'm just making yeah, I mean, a number.
1: Vitality and Shelter yes. are gonna be 5% each, and Excel's gonna be 10%, and then the other two are mm-hmm. gonna have higher ownership, probably. Yeah, Correct.
0: Just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Just big picture, like looking at the pie chart of the underdogs here. So, just for just food for thought. Saturday, uh, Vitality SK split 115s. Kind of feel like SK are a better team, but I don't think they're that much better than Vitality. So, this is like weird. Robert, Robert. I'm retiring
2: from the Gold Card Podcast. Goodbye.
1: Come tell this man what's up.
2: How I mean, dare you? How dare you slander his name? King. you muted. Yeah, sorry. No, but seriously, this is like the easiest pick of the week I've ever had in my life.
0: Yeah. I'm, g- no, I'm going to be betting SK. I'm going be to be betting SK.
2: Yeah.
0: I do think they're better enough, but I just, yeah. I don't think it's like super duper automatic is what I'm saying. Like, I just think, I don't know. Yeah. Give me SK. I guess don't overthink this. Give me SK, but don't be shit-talking Vitality is all I would say. Uh, Rogue,
1: minus 417. Shocker, plus 276. Nothing. Yeah,
0: nothing to do with those guys. There's <laughs> just, like, nothing going on here. Um, Mad Vines, minus 323. Excel, plus
1: 223. I like Excel on this one. Um, yeah?
0: You're yeah, really my- high on Excel.
1: I like Excel, but the main thing about this one is that Matt is just one of those teams that is, is like G2-esque in the sense that they do weird stuff and they can definitely throw games oh, just yeah. in draft or just by trying out a weird strategy and it doesn't work well. And Excel is the kind of team that exactly like I was talking about earlier, they tend to draft in a way that can take advantage of someone making a mistake like that. So I like just... At plus 223 against a team like that, I think I'd just pick up on Excel.
0: I think you can wait on this. I think Mad are going to be closer to that previous row. I think this is going to go closer to minus 400 than it goes under 300. I think it's way more likely to do that. So I think if you're going to be on Excel, you can probably wait until game time. Or just wait till you see a big number. I don't think you need to do it right now. Uh, Josh, Chris, thoughts on this one? I, I'm I'm probably I, – I like Excel. I do. But I really do think Mad Lions are actually just that much better. I just I'm not gonna. I'm probably just staying away from this one.
3: I'll take John's thought and apply it more from a DFS angle because Mad Lions do like to start like their early game rating is just bad, and that's maybe intentional. That's their game plan, and that gives Excel a chance to put up points. From a betting standpoint, I don't want anything to do with this game. Yeah, Josh. <clears throat> um.
2: Like I don't want to be involved with this game, but I was gonna be on Excel the day before, right? So fifty point swing for Mad. Like, is that do we think Mad versus Rogue is worth fifty points of juice? No. Probably, right? Yeah. So I think value wise, you you should be betting Excel in this I think game or a
0: higher variance team too. Like John said, so
2: I think yeah. Like so, I sort of agree, but also sort of don't agree with that because like, I feel like. Mad style would be harder for Excel to beat than Rogue, because I feel like against Rogue it's easier to go even, like John was saying, and not just get hard stomped, whereas Mad can just, like, pull out some sick pick and just hard stomp you. Yeah,
0: that's kind of like the Mad NG2 equation, right? Like, where it's... I, I think that happens way more often than they lose to themselves. Like, doing something weird. Like, usually the weird thing has a reason, and it's really powerful, and it just, like, stomps you. So... And I, I, honestly, I don't think a lot of the stuff they're doing is, is weird at all. It just makes sense. Like, it just looks weird in the context of everyone else is so over-conservative about stuff. I think more teams should be playing like them. You're seeing it, too. China and even Korea. Even Korea! Even Korea is emulating Europe now.
1: Yep, they're definitely the trendsetters. And they even actually even talked about that in interviews a couple times. Yeah. I've heard some interviews with Korean players where they said they like to look to Europe for the interesting strategies and stuff that get brought out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a... I, I, I kind of feel like man, you're just gonna smash, but I don't want to lay that kind of money with them. Uh, Miss Fist plus one thirty-seven, Fnatic minus one eighty-five. Fnatic, right?
1: Yeah, it's a smash on Fnatic yeah, for it's me. Too
0: low. This too. This should be like two. Like this should be like a two fifty. This should be the Rogue XL thing. But I think Fnatic are being priced like they're bad. Now, I guess there's the unknown, right? Like I don't know, dude, Is there too much of an unknown there with Fnatic that you don't want, you don't, you want to wait and see? because like the second if they if they just like completely smash vitality, I don't know if this number moves that much. But I do think like if Misfits beat Origin, maybe this gets closer and you get more value on on Fnatic. So, I don't know. there's interesting thoughts here. Josh, Chris, any thoughts on this one? Is is this like a wait and see, do you fire on Fnatic now before Misfits lose Origin or what? Like, I don't know. I'm probably going to fire on this like now, like as soon as we're done. <laughs>
3: this feels like you have you either take action now or you fade fade the game but yeah uh, I I still think the Smash same Josh
2: yeah Fnatic Smash I don't love the number that much Um, just like because these are probably what I would power rank number 3 versus number 5 right now or maybe even number 4 versus number 5 so I don't love that big of a gap but
0: like, look at G2 and Mad Lions. Like, do you think the gap is bigger between Fnatic and Misfits?
2: No. That's it. that's kind of my point. Like,
0: See, I think, I think I'm think i lower on Misfits than you guys are, which is why yeah, I, think I just, this is like a slam dunk. But I can right. see where you're coming from. I think I see where you're I'm coming from. I'm more just
2: from. like wait and see with Fnatic a bit just because, like, I want to see them. I want to know if they're going to start taking shit serious or if they don't care until, and or if they just, like, if we make playoffs, we'll be fine. We need to just keep testing stuff. So that's kind of my concern with them.
0: All right. Uh, Another sweet matchup. We have G2 minus 250 against origin. Just G2, 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 G2 minus two. I'll lay 250. I don't care. Just give me all the G2.
1: Yeah, I love G two in that matchup. Like G two, like what's what's
0: the historical matchup here? Origin have won like three games in the last two years against them. They're like
1: Origin won the last one. But, yeah, yeah, I they're... know, but like
0: over the last two <laughs> years, it's seriously been like it's like sixteen and three or something like that for G two, and Origin's been like the second best or third best team that entire time too. So, well, maybe until now, but it's the same number we got like last season with these two teams. This is like this is like blue chip. Just like this, is like put it away. Every split you get two of these matchups.
1: Just make a little. Yeah,
0: yeah just make a little, put it? a little reminder on your phone. Always take G two against Origin, but.
2: You want to hear something funny, Mickey yeah. X versus Jack Troll? Wait, what was that? X what?
3: Mickey X versus Jack Troll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine. Imagine they might put him
3: on Tom Kench just to make it a challenge. Support gap, right?
0: Now, Mickey Mickey will find a way to make Tom Kench go like you know. Two zero and eighteen or something,
1: dude. I've never wanted to fire grabs more in my life. I love grabs so much. I want to fire that guy so bad for this Mickey for this Tom Kench picks. Please stop picking Tom Kench, dude. This isn't like the yankos Sijuani meme situation. Yanko's is like sweet on Sijwani. Mickey X, like just stop putting him on Tom Kench. Dude. I talked. I talked
0: about. I talked about why Tom Kench is getting picked so much a lot in the Discord over the past couple days, and. For those that don't know, just to inform the masses a little bit here, it's it's because it's good against Ash and it's good against Varys, and it's good against Thresh. And if, like, Thresh-Ash is, like, one of the best lanes you can pick right now, like, Tom Kench plus Hyper Carry is one of the best lanes you can Or Tom Kench plus Sen- It opens up Senna. It opens up, like, obviously we hate it for fantasy purposes. It sucks. It doesn't contribute to anything. <laughs> it sucks. It is a good League of Legends pick.
1: Let me ask you about this, though, yeah. Jalotti. Can't they just take cleanse? Just take cleanse and then pick a support that does something because uh, Tom Kent doesn't do anything other than just cleanse your AD carry and then he's just a like worthless tank. that You just can do guys.
0: you can do both.
1: Yeah, but well, yeah, but why not just take the cleanse and then pick a support that does something good and then you still have the same Tom Kent. He's uh,
0: he's one of these champions that like if you play if you're playing a cooldown based composition is when you realize like how potent just that ability is. Like I agree with you. I get what you're saying. It feels like it does nothing. But it's like just the best insurance policy, besides like a hyperscaler, right? So like I yeah, get, worth I get not the thing dis- of fifth
1: champion. Like the team, your team just doesn't have a fifth champion. You're just getting that one ability, and yeah, it, then it does nothing else.
0: It, it, do, it so doesn't I, matter if your carry is two champions.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Is is it worth sacrificing your fifth champion just to have that one like cleanse like ability? I mean, it has the cool. Sometimes bonus it is. Too. And I you're think right. like
0: I think like against the, some of the stuff right now where it is like cooldown based, yeah, I think it absolutely is. But I do think teams tend to play it when they shouldn't. I think like specifically against like Thresh Ash, it's really good against. Uh, it's way way better than like Nautilus and Leona against those lanes because if you if if you miss anything on Leona, you're dead. You miss if Nautilus if you just eat an auto attack from Ash, you're dead, right? Uh, Tom Kench can eat some autos, back off, can actually trade profitably. Like, that's something people don't understand with that champion. He actually trades really, really well. He's got insane base numbers. And, again, specifically, like, that lane, which is really popular right now, it's, like, the best option. Especially if you're going to play, like, a Felios or Varys or something like that. It's just the best option. So, it sucks. It's boring. It's just one of those things where it's, like, there's... If Ash is going to be meta and Thresh is going to be like a first-pick support that people aren't going to ban, it's one of the best options against it.
1: So For me, if, if if you never see a moment in the game where a couple people show up in a Tom Kenchall and kill the side laner, if that, mo- if that moment never happens, then Tom Kench
3: was never worth it.
1: Like You have to at least get that second bonus out of having him. The games where I've seen supports play him really aggressively and, and pop out into the other lanes and kill side laners and stuff, he looks fantastic. Yeah,
0: we saw Sword Art have an insanely good game on him the other day. And...
1: There's been a few LPL supports that have been really aggressive with it and been great, and those those I'm all right with. But you see whole games where that never happens. Yeah. For me, I, I
0: do think that people play him wrong. Like I, you have to play him as a lane bully. Like I, I think people don't realize that is that like that's the other equity you get with him is that he can actually bully out tanks and like these mid range carries. Like he can actually just bully them out. And people don't do that. They just play. Jana. They basically play him like Janna, where it's like I'm just going to stand next to you and that's it. And you got to be more proactive than that, I think. So I do think I do think there's other options. I think people have gotten away from the Blitzcrank for some reason. I think Morgana's not a bad option into these kind of lanes, but I think people just don't like playing Morgana in general. And when the whole metagame right now is like Ash, Thresh, Twisted Fate, these are single-target cooldown CC spells. Threat- Tom Kench is just always going to be good in that kind of situation. So I do think we could probably start seeing some more Morgana, though. Anyway, um, where do you want to go next? I didn't Let's plan get this the LCS
1: out of the way. LCS terrible. Way. <laughs> All right,
0: LCS Friday night. So we got two sort of interesting ones on Friday night. They kind of front loaded the schedule. Uh, so hundred thieves plus one fifty five TSM minus two hundred eight.
2: Can we uh, just quick quickly discuss last week in the L- LCS, like what the hell happened? Every underdog just went nuts. Like, how about
0: last week in the L- LEC? Except we didn't have it last week. It was two weeks ago.
2: Yeah, but we didn't have a, an academy team beat Cloud Nine in the LEC. I
1: don't. I don't want to talk about any of that. I lost so much <laughs> money. That was arguably the most depressed I've ever been about a DFS result when CLG outscored Hundred Thieves somehow. That was. Oh my god! I don't want to talk about it at all. You guys talk about it. <laughs>
3: T- tweet all your complaints to me, and I'll talk about them in my show. <laughs> there go.
1: Yeah, there the
3: WTF go. show is there? The WTF section segment is Sun- there. Sunday
0: nights on a- on a Twitch channel near you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, what's it? Dude, Treats is gonna play, right? Like, yeah, he's fine. I dude. I I still just don't like this Hundred Thieves team. Like I'm total. Like I admit, I admit, I'm just biased. I don't buy it. Like, I don't think they're that good. I think they can have these kind of ceiling games where someday just goes ballistic. But, like, it's so hard to quantify, like, is someday going to hard carry this game or not. Like, because that's I feel like that's 100 Thieves in a nutshell. It's not that the rest of their team is useless. Like, they're not bad. It's just, like, against good teams, it feels like it's, it's someday or bust.
2: Yeah, I mean, contracts. I mean, here's what I'll say. Contracts and Boom looked really, really good in their first week. Absolutely. Like, it's really hard to analyze this team because we have a two game sample size from these two guys. But I think this number is closer than it should be. So I'm, I think you bet the favorite here, TSN, for me. I,
1: I do think they're good for the league right now because they've got contracts coming in playing Nidalee and Olaf and actually, like, ganking. Which, which just never happens when L C S jugglers play in Italy get in Shit 0-1. done. And he, he did. Against Cloud Nine, he was flashing over walls and just like just running people down. That's what you have to do and watch nobody. Some ever blabber,
0: watch some blabber, watch some Kanavi.
1: You know, exactly. like So I'm I think they're good for the league, but I don't think they're gonna beat T S M here and I think you can bet T S
0: M. Like kind of good for the league in the same way like Golden Guardians is, like in that they're gonna try to I don't know. I don't even know what that team either right now. They're kinda of not what I thought they were gonna be. We'll get to them in a second. You, so I,
3: do you think it's just T S M here?
0: Yeah. Damn, were you unanimous on that, Chris? You like TSM too?
3: I'm not completely sold on TSM. I just, biased like you, I'm biased against TSM. Like, Speaker, they fixed it. The speaker was never an issue. He's fine, he's playing well. Bringing in treats just still continues to feel like a panic move. They're trying to address an issue that's not even. Biofrost that was not the issue
0: I think they're just looking they're just like they're, they're not really in in any situation where they're not gonna make playoffs
3: that's true at this and point, probably, so that, like as, why not it's close as as close as you'll get into locking a world's
0: spot. Huh? give me TSM uh, TSM kill spreads
3: I'm gonna expect TSM to win but uh, it's I'm, I'm gonna have some hundred thieves in my gotcha gotcha team liquid
0: Minus 172, Evil Geniuses, plus 128. Did anybody see... I can't remember his name now off the top of my head. But, uh... Release, like, the hypothetical, like, ELO-based schedule for, um... I can't remember who it was now. It's going to drive me nuts. James retweeted. I just don't remember who the original one was. But, basically, it was, like, an ELO model for the schedule based on what we've seen in the first round Robin and, like, for the rest of the season and, like, just the outcome... Like, the projection of percentage of outcomes more or less, and, like, Team Liquid have a non-zero chance of finishing
2: first. They're only one game back of Cloud 9. I think yeah. that's also But, yeah, uh, this Smash. Team Liquid here for me. And then E.g. is any uh, anytime a team's first game with Huni is happening, always that the other team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good plan to think about that. Is it?
1: Uh- is anybody else like? And this was true of Spring as well. But is anybody else wondering what the hell is going on that's making a whole bunch of teams worldwide like completely change their bloodiness levels? Like this happened with Gen G in Korea; they completely turned around. At, like MSI. What they were midseason cup. They were the least bloody team in the entire world last split, and now they're like very bloody. Team Liquid, when they were good, was the bloodiest team in the LCS, and then all of a sudden, the last two splits, they're like completely action averse. I can't. I, I'm trying to figure out. There's a, there's a couple other of these teams around the world too that just completely shifted their play style, and I'm not sure exactly what caused these teams to just completely 180 how they play. Coach, because
0: philosophy I, changes.
1: I like this team so much better if they get aggressive. Like having having core JJ on your team. And Broxa, I think Impact, and, Broxa and I think Impact is a guy that can be aggressive. I, I like them so much more if they play aggressive, but.
3: It's funny thing, right? They brought in Broxa just to not be aggressive. Yeah, that that's was... what feels weird about it, right? It's like, are you trying to ruin the man? Um, e. G. is bringing Huni. They're politely subbing out Jizuke to play Golden Glue because he's signed for a one week yeah. contract, and that. Well, they, to can, they can't.
0: They like, can't. They can't play. Uh, they can't play Huni without. They can't play Huni and Jizuke. Him.
3: Well, they could bring out bank. But yeah, that's not, yeah, I don't think that's the issue when they bring in gold and liquid. Exactly. Exactly. So we can assume safely that Jessica is not seeing yeah. the LCF stage. Yeah,
0: we 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 talked about this like before you hopped on. We went into a little bit more detail on it, but like this is yeah, this is a slam liquid, right? Like Evil Geniuses look like they're a little lost right now, and like even baking in, if you're optimistic about this move, I still think this number is too small. Like, is that, is that, are you guys in the same spot as me? Like, if you're optimistic that this move helps Evil Geniuses, his number's still too small for Liquid, right?
1: The only reason I think that is because you're definitely getting a downgrade in the mid lane, I think. I don't think, it, I think it's hard to argue that Golden is better than Jizuke. Definitely not. And I don't think is going to dominate Impact ever. So you're not really gaining anything in the top lane matchup, and you're losing something in the mid lane matchup. Huni's the kind of guy that can dominate people in the top lane, and I just don't see him really doing that. Yeah, job.
0: but how many games have those two played against each other? Yeah, like a bazillion. Like, the only reason, the only way I could see EG getting, like, getting this done is, like, if, like, Impact, if, if Impact and Huni just get into, like, a dick-measuring contest and they're basically just fighting each other so I'd be like, no, I'm better than you, no, I'm better than you, and it's just like a, co- the game just evolves into a complete shit show, then I could maybe see EG pulling one out, but, like, the thing is, how many, uh, people criticize Liquid for, like, being in, the, in those weird situations last week, or it was two weeks ago now, right? Oh, they should have dominated those games, but you know what? They still won. They adapted to the situation. They found the one like they found the solution that they needed to, and they made it work both times. So, like, even if the game devolves, I kind of weirdly trust Team Liquid to know what to do. Never thought I'd say that with how they've been playing in their other games, but Liquid are interesting. I, I think this team's gonna get better and better. But I'm with you, John. Like, I want to see them. Start pushing the envelope a little bit now that they have some cushion, but yeah, I'm all over liquid here. This is a slam dunk.
3: My small narrative for evil geniuses is that they brought Golden Ghoul just because he's vastly different from Jesus, and they've been trying to fit a game plan more than they're trying to play their players. But that's I kind of what I, mean I don't think he's that evil much. Geniuses. I don't think he's that
0: much different. He's not. Like you know what I mean? Like the aggressive. two of them, the two of them want to play side lanes. They're both like that. They both play like some niche picks.
1: I think Golden Glue is a lot more of a conservative laner, right?
0: Yeah, maybe. I not. would it compare I
1: would uh, compare it to Zuke to like Demonte. I think they're closer yeah. to each. other. Yeah, team. that's fair. I
0: think I in my head I have like old Golden Glue, like when he first came out, where he was like the Zed guy, like he was just an assassin player. But I, I, yeah, you're probably right. I don't. I just don't see it. Give me liquid. This should be 250 or higher. (laughs) Like, I don't. Anyway, Saturday. Another interesting one. FlyQuest plus 104, TSM minus 139. Give me FlyQuest. (laughs) Like. So (coughs) here's the question, right? FlyQuest have had. What is, like, FlyQuest calling card? What's their MO? What's their modus operandi, right? Like,
2: oh, sorry. Are we talking about the IG of North America right now? Uh, that what
0: that's it? what they've been the last two weeks because
2: <sighs> I hate this team. I think. I, see, we're right. a conversation FlyQuest.
0: here's what's weird. Right? Is is we have like an entire calendar sample now, basically like three quarters of a of a, of a full season. That was the worst week FlyQuest have played, right?
1: Are they just washed? That's the question. Is FlyQuest just done?
0: I don't think so because those were just like dumb mistakes. Like, I don't know. I,
1: I'm going to lean towards FlyQuest is washed. To be honest with you,
0: that's fine. I could see betting TSM here if for what that's worth. Like I think
1: I'm gonna bet TSM.
0: Like I, I don't. I think I think that was kind of like a blip on the radar situation for FlyQuest. I think FlyQuest's major issue is that they don't have anything else. But in NA, that's good enough for top five. So, like, against the good teams, if they're proactive, they're going to struggle, right? Or teams that, like, have equally good macro to them. I, I'm, I'm, like, basically throwing last week out. It, it I lost a ton of money on them as well, but I'm basically throwing that out as a blip on the radar. I think this team's going to go back to what they are. Now, the question is, before last week happened, if you looked at this line, would you still bet TSM? Because if that's the case, it's definitely a TSM back here.
1: Yeah, I think I would have bet TSM anyway. Yeah. Like I think Flyquests, like the, the for me they are the high floor, low ceiling yeah, team. Exactly. For the most part. Exactly. And uh, and even their floor is starting to look a little bit sketchy. So I think TSM's got a lot more upside. The only real like difference maker I think is that Santorin versus Spika matchup. That could go pretty hard for Santorin and, and turn the tides over that way, and it has in some of their previous matchups. But I still think I like TSM. It seems
2: like teams t- t- t-
1: Go ahead, Josh.
2: So it seems like teams are kind of figuring out like this. Like they've lost four of their last five. Teams are starting to figure out like just attack the heck out of Poe early. Don't let them just sit there and farm all game. And then then that makes them have to make the game last to fifty minutes instead of you know thirty eight. And they just you just can't do that in the current meta. So like teams, are to, I think they're starting to figure out the formula a little bit. Maybe Flyquest can come back and, and make that stop, but. I don't know it, it seems like We all I think we were all A little bit down on them Coming into the split And it seems like That's kind of catching up Like we thought That people would catch On to their style And because it's not Anything flashy Like we've said And it seems like That is starting To come to fruition A little bit
0: Here I still just think They had an off week Maybe like I'm giving more I'm I'm more on that side Of this Than I think you guys are So I don't know I think we're on We're on different sides In this spot Like I, I'm not I don't I I, I could see just like Justifying a TSM play here, but I'm either going to be on Flyquest or past this. I think I think that was kind of a blip on the radar week. I could totally see why you'd like TSM though; like it makes sense. They look really good too. So,
3: um, quickly, Chris thoughts? Yeah, my unfailable formula is whatever TSM did the first game, you bet against that the second
0: Saturday Sunday
3: narrative. The the Saturday Sunday Fridays it doesn't matter. The second game has always made the other team look like world beaters. Even in their win, they make the other team look like world true. This is true.
0: They go 2-0, and it's like this weird clown fiesta where they lose by, like, six
3: kills. They go ahead by so much, and they they just decide to, oh, let's give them a chance. Yeah. FlyQuest seems like a good bet, but uh, expecting TSM to win, FlyQuest is a good bet.
0: I think that's reasonable. Cloud, 9, minus 417, Evil Geniuses plus 277. What the hell?
1: Weird, but no action from me.
0: I'll be on cloud nine kill spreads. Minus 417 ends up being like 7.5. Like, give me that seven and a half, eight and a half. I could actually take a look right now. Let me see what it's at. Cloud nine, EG. Kill spread is 8.5. Minus, minus 19 cents. So 8.5 is a lot, and cloud nine have actually not been that good against kill spread. This season, they've been obviously dunking on people, but their kill spreads have just been, like, ridiculous for, like, 8.5, 9.5, 10.5. Dignitas, they were, like, 11.5 with juice to the over. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I don't... Maybe Cloud9 over team total, 15.5. But, yeah, I I will say there's no way this number stays at 417. It's going to be 500 or higher, like, no question, because that's just what cloud nine's going to command against anybody that's, like, not an elite team. But I think... If you, like, look across the board, EG are still being priced at, like, their preseason price. Like, there's still, like, a heavy amount of that, it seems like, in, in their pricing. Like, that is, it is not even remotely close to reflect what they've been in the last, like, three weeks. So, I think there's a lot of advantages to just, like, the value on betting against EG if you're not buying it. And I'm not. So, Yeah. Like, even if, you, if, even if it's not a money line bet, you want to look to alternate markets for this stuff before the money line goes up and um, like amps those markets up as well. So, Cloud9 first block, Cloud9 first tower, like, all that kind of stuff. So, get them now before they go up into, you know, a higher percentage range. Uh, Golden Guardians minus 143, Immortals plus 107. Dude, <laughs> that is so weird, dude. <laughs>
1: like, What? <laughs> Immortals, uh, are, I think, is is being vastly overhyped because of their first weekend. I agree. Last weekend, they looked just as bad as the other team did. The weekend before, they looked way better. But last weekend, they didn't look good.
0: But what about... All right, so Karthus got... Bu- hear me out. <laughs> Karthus got buffed on this patch. And Insanity is the best North American Karthus player of all time.
1: It could be a thing. I don't, it's I, I it's, it's not
0: going to be a thing. It's not. He got buffed. I don't think it's going to be that much of a thing.
2: They beat, I mean, they look good in their win against TSM, though. Yeah. Other than getting 200 years, by double it? <laughs> True. I don't,
0: yeah, I don't know. I feel like they should have won that game, <laughs> so I don't know. Like, uh, it's weird. I, I think this team is, like, somewhere in between, but, like, that's such a drastic difference, you know, that it's, like, I don't really know. Like, if you're, in, oh, yeah, they're somewhere in between a 2 and an 8. Like what does that mean? <laughs> like, it's it's not really helping me out here, like I do think they're closer to a two than like a six, I'll put it that way. I think Immortals is a functional team and if you screw up they'll beat you. Which is maybe better than like the first iteration was. But I don't know. Like the other the other angle to this is like how good is Golden Guardians even? Like that's that's the other issue with this, right? I feel like the like Golden Guardians. I can't get right this season. Like I, I, want to like them, but I just like haven't been able to get anything right with them.
1: They're they're like my NAXL. I like I like Golden Guardians. I think they're they're pretty smart. The only thing that screws them, I think, is that they they sometimes draft really bad compositions that have yeah. no way to win, and then they just lose the game. Uh, but I think they're a pretty smart team when it comes to like their game planning. Uh, they've had. A, I can't remember if it was two or three, but they've had two or three different games where their composition had a very weird like style that they needed to play to win, and they did it every time. And I think they even lost one of the games, but they were executing the style correctly, which yeah. many North American teams just don't do.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of think this is just going to be one of my, like, follow one of my cardinal rules. And, like, I made these rules after the first two weeks in North America, which is, like, the bottom five teams are not to be trusted as favorites at any point. So, like... This case it's tempting to take Golden Guardians cuz I think Immortals kind of suck and they were just riding momentum. But like I don't trust them as a favorite either
1: really. I don't know why. Like I have to eat crow on this one Roberts. You're right. I have to eat crow on this one because I did not remember them beating TSM last weekend. I don't know why. Like in, in my mind they got stomped twice last weekend. Did they yeah. lose another game the weekend before? Or did they 2-0 the weekend the... before?
2: They went, they went 0-2 the weekend before. Both
1: games were close. One of them I think was against. I, was probably, I think I was thinking of the weekend before.
2: Yeah. Uh, like,
1: yeah, I totally, I totally blanked on them beating TSM to be honest with you.
2: They looked okay against Dig too, but Dig just looked really good last week. So,
1: but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean,
2: I, I think this is another one where you can be on either side and be right. Um, like the, there's an argument for Jungle Gap. Like Koser did some, heinous things on leeson last week but uh we're gonna
0: get to canyon in a little bit but did you watch that shit this morning
2: i don't know i mean it's tough like how do you deal with these i i probably just pass maybe my my
0: gut says golden guardians i just can't bring myself to do it
2: yeah i don't know i mean these teams are weird i'm i'm just not a fan of golden guardians like John and I are like the exact opposite on these teams with Excel and Golden Guardians. Like I just, I just think they're so fraudulent that I don't even like them as underdogs. Like
0: I don't even think they're fraudulent. I just like, it's just like what? Like I don't know. It's like math. You know? Like, that's what... I can
1: see why like someone would be like that though because those two teams have the same thing wrong with them, which is that they just like, like I said, they sometimes just draft copy. It's like auto lose the
0: draft, and yeah, then, and then they
1: just do nothing the whole game and look terrible. And both of those teams do that, Golden Guardians. And but
0: like, a, so... it's frustrating because I know they're not that bad. That's what's frustrating. He's like, they're bad games. I know they're not as bad as they look sometimes. But I also, like, because they have those games, I don't trust them as favorites, right? It's like, I don't know. Let's get to the next one. Let's start plowing through these. So CLG minus 182 against Dignitas plus 135. Interesting because CLG looked really good last week, even in their loss.
1: This is a, It's funny, actually, now that you mention it, Roberts, because me and you are opposite on, like, all the teams we like. I do not like SK. <laughs> I don't like SK and CLG, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and you don't like my teams.
0: <laughs> this is a really interesting game, actually. <clears throat> like, I... I uh, you Again, like, even with the numbers growing apart, I think you could actually justify both sides of this. Like, if you're buying Dignitas, this is easy, right? I mean, obviously, like, it's not, oh, Dignitas should be favored level easy, but, like, if you if you're buying this new look Dignitas this is a 50-50 matchup, right? If you're not, it's a matter of how much you don't like them and how much you're willing to lay with CLG.
3: My second rule of NA, never ever buy into what you last saw. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It it really doesn't matter. It doesn't carry over from day to day, from game to game, from week to week. This
0: is this is why I made that Cardinal rule like I'm just not betting favorites in the bottom 5 teams. Like, I just can't, like, I'm not... Now, the question is, like, CLG are right on the cusp there. But to me, it's like, if you're not one of those, like... If you're not Cloud9, uh, Cloud Nine TSM, Liquid, or... I, I'm still in on Flackwest. Maybe you guys aren't. That's fine. If you're not one of those four teams, I don't trust you as a favorite, period. You're just... Everyone's so inconsistent week to week that it's like, I don't know what, what to think. Like, you can look like the best team in the league one week and, and just, you know, auto-lose the next week. So... To me, this is Dignitaser pass, and I like CLT. I agree. I think they've looked pretty good. Uh, FlyQuest <laughs> plus 342 <laughs> against Cloud9 minus 526.
1: FlyQuest in a best of one.
0: This is tempting.
1: Big. Even for somebody that thinks FlyQuest is kind of fraudulent this season, that number pretty big. a big, big number.
0: That's a big number. Yeah. It feels like you have to have something on them, right?
1: Yeah, this has got to
2: be a FlyQuest in this spot. I don't think it seems to that far apart. Yeah, and I've said that about every game Cloud9's ever played in the history of Cloud9. But
0: let me just pull the spreads up for this one because again, Cloud9 have not been good against kill spread, and at that kind of money line, yeah, plus eight yeah. and a half for FlyQuest, they can keep it in an eight and a half. I think they've actually been really good against the spread.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. Uh... That's how
0: I've been attacking Cloud9 games. Like, I take Cloud9 first blood every game. <laughs> like, even when it's, like, minus 160, it's, like, whatever, it's fine. They'll get it. Uh, I've been doing that, and then, like, usually if the kill total gets to a certain point, like, if it passes their... Uh, if it passes that team's usual margin of defeat, I'll usually consider it against Cloud9 because the numbers are just so ridiculous that it's... It's, like, you know, getting 14 points in the NFL, it feels like. Um... 100 Thieves plus 229 against Liquid minus 333 100 Thieves looking good. I'm not I don't like them and this number still feels too big. I feel like I got to close my eyes and take some 100 Thieves here.
1: Liquid feels like the NA origin, like old origin. Yeah. I don't think Liquid's going to lose to 100 Thieves. I don't think they lose for the team. It like feels too big. Yeah, really a Yeah,
0: like I know Galio's in the meta and he can kind of erase a lot of problems and deficiencies, but that champion I have such a love 8 relationship with. I enjoy playing him so much, but I know that he just like erases talent from the equation <laughs> in most situations. Um, Yeah, I, yeah, maybe I just passed this. Liquid are good. Thoughts, comments, concerns? Get it. Got it.
2: Yeah, I think that's, uh, this is a good week to me to be out, back out on 100 Thieves and Dignitas. Fade that 2 0 uh, last weekend. Yeah. The odds while they got moved closer to
0: You gotta think too, like think of the first game this new look Dignitas played. They looked terrible. <laughs> it looked awful. So like they could just as easily turn back into that. Um Cla- uh Golden Guardians minus one eighty nine, Dignitas plus one forty. Uh, similar to yesterday, except uh, i think Cla- I think CLG are a little bit more steady than Golden Guardians are, maybe a little bit. But I'm <laughs> again again, I'm not laying yeah. this kind of money with a favorite. I'm uh, Dignitas or pass.
3: All what? CLG.
0: Yeah. What? Golden so is no bigger
2: than CLG? Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know why. So here, here's the thing. I, I can't bet on Dignitas because the only reason they won both their games last week is because they got one Azir. Yeah. Phoenix is an Azir one trick, and Lorlo pretty much only plays one in Aatrox, uh, like in Academy last split, from every game I watched. I didn't watch every single game, but... Um, they were getting Ornazir every game, and like teams are just going to start banning Azir against Phoenix because he yeah. he was hard carrying on. Like he looked good on the champion; he's very good at Azir. Um, it's also a really safe champion, so yeah, a very good champion. So, like, I don't really want to bet on Dignitas this week, but the comparative lines here are just stupid. Like, I guess this means I have to bet CLG against Team Falcons. Look Dignitas here.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I played the
0: fifth. That or nothing. I played the fifth. That or yeah. CLG minus 135, Immortals plus 102. What the hell?
2: Runner up pick of the week. Yeah, this
0: is like pick of the week quality, right? And like, yeah, I, like, I know I just finished saying I don't like laying favorites in this spot, but like, I think CLG are like that gatekeeper team. Like, CLG feel like fifth to me. Like, pretty firmly fifth. Like, as firmly as 5th place in you North know America can feel. I'm really, re- I'm really grasping at straws here. Help me out, guys. Come on. Get me out of this. Get me out of this so I don't have to retract that statement.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, CLG, EG, and GGS seem to be the three competing for that
3: five spot, right?
0: CLG feel like the most steady of those teams. Like, the least variance. Like, they're just kind of steady. <laughs> Relatively speaking, I should say.
3: <laughs> steady. Steady. This is a good word to describe them.
0: Yeah, like... Do you like CLG against Immortals or Golden Guardians against Immortals?
1: Yeah, I think CLG. I think I like CLG more. Yeah, CLG I, think I like CLG more. more. Give me CLG here. Um,
0: all right, that's NA for the week. So we got through the West. Let's head to the East. We do in China or Korea first?
1: I'll go
0: Korea. Korea is actually a pretty shitty slate besides, like, one game. So uh, we can kind of blaze through this. Dragon X minus 3,333. Minus one and a half at minus two fifty seven against the one and only Hanwa Life Esports.
1: Just my bettable. Unless you want to play Hanwa. No.
2: Plus one and a half is plus two forty six, and I don't think that's even big enough. Yeah. And this is like, I, you know, I'm the always try and bet the one plus one and a half against ZRX guy. And I just don't think that's big enough, honestly, which is, like, absurd to say, but yeah.
0: Yeah, Hama Life, metrics-wise, don't measure out quite as badly as some of the, like, the bottom LPL teams, believe it or not. But, this team sucks, dude. Get get out of here. Like, I think Hama Life and APK are both so much worse than the rest of Korea that it's, like...
2: Oh, so you're excited for Sunday? The toilet. Uh,
0: yeah, toilet Bowl 2.0, and hopefully we get to see. I don't even want to talk about that series, dude. We're gonna have to in a few minutes. So, like Dragon X, this is just pass, just play. Probably like kill spreads because like laying 357 for the one and a half feels kind of sketch. But uh, next up we have a Frika plus 281 plus one and a half at minus 118 against Damwon minus 417. Damwon sweep is at minus fourteen cents. So, Damwon look really, really good. Uh, I've been Damwon have been kind of like a popular topic of discussion because I'm a little bit like bearish on them compared to the rest of the, like the community. I think, and it's not because I don't think they're good. Like, there's obviously they're good. Like, they're just obliterating people, right? But I do think that they have had a lot of like situations where like th- a lot of their numbers just get amplified by just these absolute blowouts, and by design they do that. It reminds me a lot of like Invictus, right? Where Invictus when they win, it's just insane. Like they just have like it's an AK gold lead at twenty minutes, like most of the time. I do think Tamwon are extremely good. I don't think a Freaker are remotely in the same class, but I would caution against laying two and a half with Damwon as like automatic money. Cause like the yeah. way they play, they're just going to lose some games sometimes. Like when, you know, trades don't go their way. Cause they just are always opting into outplay situations.
1: I was just going to say, yeah, it, it's really weird. I have not seen very many teams in the last like few years that have, that got their stats the way that Damwon is getting their stats, yeah. which is literally just like looking completely average against good teams, but then just absolutely slaughtering bad teams. Like yeah. so badly that they're getting like five thousand gold leads at fifteen minutes. It's like and Top, so top their... and,
0: and Invictus are doing this kind of thing, but like
1: but even their numbers are like Invictus is like plus seven hundred gold at fifteen or something like that, and Damwon's like plus three thousand. Like they're just beating bad teams so badly in the early game that their that their overall stats look like they're you know better than Cloud Nine compared yeah. to their compared to their region. Yeah. Whereas really they're actually just kind of like. Very good, but not like insanely dominant. Yeah.
0: It's it's weird too because like individually, this team is redi- they're all their all their individual players are playing just unreal right now. Like Beryl's getting pantheon support <laughs> banned against him. Uh, like showmakers, obviously. Like literally, everybody on this team is just like an individual highlight reel waiting to happen. Like it's it's they are. Like they honestly, they're like old Invictus a little bit, like 2019 Invictus, where it's like all the players are just so damn good that it's like, what the hell, like, are you supposed to do against this team? But they just kind of lose to themselves. But I I agree with you. you. Look at their matches against good teams, and it's like a different story, right? Um, they behind against T1 in both those situ- both those games, and T1 just, you know, <laughs> I want to say pointed it over to them. It was like, a, I don't want to take the credit away from Damwon because they're doing a lot of things right. But, like, I I just think they're very good. It would not surprise me to see them even win summer. would not surprise me to see them go to Worlds. I'm just saying temper expectations because they're not as good as their numbers. They're very good, and they're fun as hell to watch, but they're just not quite as good as their numbers. So don't, like, try to see through the noise. See that they're not, like, this flawless team. But they sure as hell are fun to watch, man. This team is a blast. I'm gonna be on damn one in this spot. Uh, I'll probably end up taking the minus one and a half, just like a half stake, because I'm I'm skeptical. The thing is, like, I don't think this is more a matter of like I I think Afrika were paper tigers a little bit. Like they had they had some wins that went late. I I think Afrika are pretty good, but I think they're like a full echelon lower than like the elite teams in Korea. Like I think I think I think Dynamics is better than Korea than Afrika.
1: I don't think dynamics is better, but at some point do you have to change like coaching staff with a free kick? Cause they do this every season. It seems like, like it. They, have, they have a bunch of really good players usually. And we always expect them to be really good. And they always get some wins to convince us that they're like a top four team usually. And then they just have these streaks where they're just terrible. And they yeah. just like everybody. I don't know. It just seems consistent with them for like four splits in a row. Yeah,
0: You're right. And, and I think that's a concern moving forward. Cause we're kind of getting to that point now, but I, I don't know. I think the metagame... Like, in years past, the metagame hasn't been good for them. So, like, once they got figured out, they were just dead in the water. But I think, like, this metagame is better than it's ever going to be for this team. And I think they're probably going to be... They're they're probably still going to handle the bad teams. Like, maybe not handle them, but, like, I still... Like, I, I think... Like, straight up, I think I would take a freak over Sandbox right now. Like, fairly no... Like, I don't think I would have any hesitation doing that. I think they're better. But... And it's, like, nothing against Sandbox, but... Uh, like, I think Afrika are good. I just think that, like, they're going to be one of these teams that struggles to measure up against, like, the really good teams. So, I mean, they did get a game off T1, for what that's worth. But T1 have also not been looking quite as sharp. So, yeah, give me Damwon here. It's more more kind of, like, just the, the, the gap, but... it's Damwon are kind of going to be, like, a Mad lion situation, I think, where, like, they're actually good, but because their numbers are so ridiculous that, like, I think everything's just gonna be, everything is just going to be – everything is just going to be inflated with them. Like, they're going to be over-owned in DFS too because, like, they're super bloody and people just like watching them. So I think people are going to be in on them for stuff like that too. So, yeah. Um, you're going to have to pay a premium for them. I think they're going to be that team this season.
1: Yeah, they've been pretty expensive and but have been largely worth it. They've yeah. been actually one of the most, like, highest-scoring LCK teams I can remember in their wins Yeah, for the most part.
0: Yeah. Um, what's kind of wild is if you look at like the team, like KPWs and stuff like that, like G are like right there. Like, it's like obviously it's not in the same fashion.
1: Actually, that's a good example of how like the narrative controls things because, uh, like Damwon, like what you are saying is true, but Damwon has has scored higher on average than Gen.G But everyone in the chat is just talking about how G's like the team to play. Yeah. It's because of which slates they've been on. Uh,
3: yeah.
1: Genji has been on slates where the LPL teams underperformed and didn't score that well, so they've been in winning lineups. Yeah even though, whereas Damwon has had a couple slates where they scored like 100 points on average, but some LPL teams scored like 120 points, and so yeah. you just you didn't see Damwon in the winners exactly. as often. Exactly. So,
0: yeah, they're, they're, if, if nothing else, the team's fun to watch, and it's really good for this league to have a team like that, to kind of just skill-check people at all times. I think it just keeps everyone sharp. So Otherwise, I think the good teams kind of get comfortable. Uh, It's good having an LPL team in your league.
1: (laughs) Where you're going on this next one, Uh, Ben? KT
0: Rollster minus 108, Sandbox minus 123. Um, Sandbox slight favorites here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you can get plus 250, plus 230 or more on either 2-0. The under one two and a half is going to be similar. This is interesting. So, KT play tomorrow. We. Don't know if Tucson's going to be back. Even though I'm assuming Tucson will be back, I still think KT Rolster are going to improve over the course of the season. But I'm also starting to think that, like maybe, like I thought they had potentially like like the super ceiling, like their one percent outcome. I could see them winning the league. I don't think that's happening now, but I do think the team's going to steadily get better over the course of the season. I also think Sandbox are going to get better over the course of the season. I think, to me, I think it's KT Rolster. I think this is like obvious, like honestly, a pick'em. I think you go either way with this. Sandbox look good right now. Uh, I think they've had a handful of fairly fraudulent wins. Not that they've done anything wrong or bad, or that they've gotten lucky or anything like that. But it, I'm always skeptical of a team that strings together a win streak where like half the wins just had nothing to do with what they were doing, and it was like all their opponents just like playing terribly.
1: Now. Well, here's what I'm interested in: how you like how you bounce off this for my eye test. So my eye Go test with it. Sandbox is I actually have Sandbox as like the most consistently macro team in the league, except for maybe Dynamics when they're winning. Like Sandbox has been for me very clean when yeah. they've won. Uh, the other, I do think the other teams have made mistakes, kind of like you said, but that's not something that I would have thought of Sandbox coming into this. Season.
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I agree and it's you. not something I would
1: have thought of a Yamato Canon team either. But they've been like very. Low scoring, controlled, just winning the game. Just objective, objective, objective. Take your base. They take what's no given. Base.
0: Like they take what's yeah. given to them, which I I like seeing in a team because it means they're not overplaying. Like it means that they understand. Like, oh, that's a fatal mistake you just made. I don't got to do shit now. Like I know everybody wants to see the team. Like it's always more fun watching the team that, like, damn one that's just going to take a mistake like that and just like pile drive you with it into a ten thousand gold lead. But, like, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't need to very win. It's more fun when you when you throw a 50-burger up in a football game, but, like, all that matters is you win, right? And that's kind of what Sandbox are doing. So, it's, Sandbox are another weird one where I think that they're, like, overrated now and that you're going to have to weirdly place a premium on them, at least for the short future, until they start facing some of the good teams again, I think. Where, like, I, I think they're good. I do. I just also think like I'm. am just skeptical. Is all like they've been good. They're doing what they're what's been given to them. They've had a couple really good games where they've created on their own too. Like I think this team's going to be good, but I also think that, like both of these teams are going to get better over the course of the split. So it's a really unique kind of situation. Personally, I favor KT in this spot, but I was probably just going to take whichever team was the dog, which speaks oh. pretty highly to Sandbox because I, you know,
1: yeah. I was like... just going to say there's like a little a little narrative that's going too far. If I remember correctly, and I might be misquoting myself here. Actually, I have a a text file that I can check to make sure that's true. I'm pretty sure that Sandbox has just lost to all the winning teams and beaten all the losing teams they play. Yeah. So even though, like, we have this narrative about, like, Yamato Cannon shows up and now they're winning since Yamato Cannon shows up, a lot of the truth of that is they just lost to the five best teams in the league and they're beating all the other teams in the league.
0: Um, Yeah, exactly. I I just think, like, honestly, like, Statistically, these teams are basically the same. Like, they're very, very close to even. Uh, I don't know. I think upside, they both have reasonable upside, too. So, I think you could justify either side of this. Like, I could totally see a sandbox play here. I'm personally going to be on KT. I'm just partial to, I think, the talent, like the individual talent. If Tucson plays. I think they have a pretty big edge in the bottom lane if Tucson plays. So, uh and we don't know what he's going to look like coming back from this either. Like, that's the other angle. So, like, if he looks bad in his first game back, like, that might be cause for concern. Maybe you take Sandbox, but, yeah.
1: Didn't these teams just play? Didn't these guys just play each other? We're moving into the second round, Robin, in Korea now, yeah. so. They so, they're, just-
0: they're no longer doing the back-to-backs, but they're, like, still, like, two weeks removed. So, you can play pretty, like, like we have Telecom War today. We're going to have another one in, like, two weeks.
2: Yeah, okay. It's so. And so- yeah, I was just—I was like, because these teams literally like just played against each other. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. It, tough. I think you can go either way. I'm gonna keep playing against sandboxes. It's—it's it's, it's actually a shame. This Saturday slate would be great if uh, the LPL wasn't on it. Yeah, because IG's on it, and no one likes IG that's named Josh on the. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, like I, I think it's going to be a good game. It just, I feel like it's weird that they're playing so close to each other yeah. here. Um, we won't see any Malki support, so who
0: knows. It's a good litmus test for both of them.
1: This is kind of a lesson spot for me as far as, like, betting. I think, I think I'm just not going to bet this game because I just feel like there's going to be a better spot for me to bet. Yeah. Not because I don't think that you could make an argument that one of these teams is mispriced, because I definitely think you could. But I just think there's probably going to be a spot where I'm more confident that i can that i can bet that this one so i just pass even if i think that kt like probably is a slight edge here i think there's probably a better spot yeah saturday morning delivering again
0: man the schedule gods are are being good to us man like last weekend was we had the the dragon x and then we had top esports in v5 uh oh no it was a top esports and yeah it was top esports in v5 right it was that monday morning i forget
1: that was that was Monday, I think. It
0: was topping JDG maybe. It was like I think it was something like that. But yeah. We had a, we had a we had back to back hits on Saturday morning. And in the L C K we're gonna get that on because we have T one minus one thirty against Gen G, minus one oh three. Gen G <laughs> there's like some kind of like at some point there's gotta be like a mental block, right? Where like Gen like Gen G gotta be like, oh. what do I gotta do to beat this team?
1: Because they look better than T1 this season. Yo, they've like, absolutely in-
0: looked better, and they were winning the first series until yeah. Faker pulled a rabbit out of a hat two games in a row.
1: Yeah, in so, theory, like, you be all over Gen G here, but it's just like they just never beat. Oh, T1. it feels
0: bad. It feels it was the same thing as the finals last season, right? Where it's like, I know T1 are going to win this. I hate myself, Gen G. Like <laughs> I know they're going to win it, but like, I don't know. I Gen G look really, really good right now. Like I don't, I can't really ask them to be doing much more than they're doing. So, I, I mean, they've played close games against the good teams. I'd argue they should have 2 two uh, o the first time these two teams played. So, I'll, I'm gonna be on Gen G. I think Gen G are really, really good. But uh, it, yeah, if, if if you just want to be they like can they, they can, can never can beat T1, I could totally see that too.
1: I think you have to bet Gen G, but yeah, it's it feels kind of bad. Yeah,
0: you don't like to say holding to a special when it's two really good teams. But, I mean, the other angles, you just, like, not bet this and just watch. Because it should be a good series. It should be a really good series. Because I think T1 are probably better than they've looked in the last couple series. They've looked a little bit just off. Maybe they had a couple bad weeks of practice or something like that. I'd expect them to bring the right game for this one. And I'd expect Genji to do the same. So it should be a really good series. I think both these teams are excellent. So we got to go from that on Saturday to uh, the toilet bowl on Sunday. We have uh, Solhei one against Hanwa Part 2 part do the first series that these teams played together was probably the single worst series of Korean League of Legends at the professional level that I've watched and I've been watching this league for nine years (laughs) and like all right maybe maybe not nine years like because that goes back to like OGN tournament playing, where you have like 16 seeds that were just like a couple guys in a PC bong basically and Maybe not that level of bad, but, like, I'll say the last five years. And we had Jin Air in this league last year. Like, that was the, like, just the shittiest display of fundamental League of Legends in a league that's supposed to be that, that I've ever seen. These two teams are so bad. I don't even want to pick a side in this game. Like, this is just going to be a shit
1: show. Double minus 1.5s, maybe? I
0: don't even want to do that. I really don't. Like, I, I seriously don't in this series. Like,
2: Can we just take a second to realize that Anna has two wins this split? One against Solhei one, and the other one's against T1. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: T1 win, do you remember the T1 win? The T1 win was, like, where, like, T1 committed to, like, get Sol and they just, like, blitzed mid and just won the game. So, like, T- that was kind of a weird one from T1. <laughs> I don't know. I think Hanwa's a better team. should be a better team.
1: Yeah, in theory, Hanwa should be better, but they just haven't been better. Like, no, they haven't been much better if they're better. You I think know they I have mean?
0: the two best players in this game. But Lahens also has kind of looked a little sketched lately, too. I, I, I think Viper is by far the best player in this game. I don't think it's close.
2: Here's what I'll say, actually. Uh, Mi- Miru... Is that is that that's how you pronounce yeah, it? Miru. He looked good. He looked good against Genji. Like, yeah. he was... He was going toe to toe with, uh, he was on Galio, like you said, a little bit. Brings on the skill cap a little bit. Um, but he looked good. And we know that their top side is like their Achilles heel for sure. Cause their bot lane has the chops. So if, if they can be stable here, and I think when you're going against like Mickey and Ixu, that, Anyone can do that. Yeah,
1: they'll just beat themselves if you let them. So just yeah. So I think I mean I'm on
2: Hanwa here personally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hanwa makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I agree on the two and Mickey thing. Like those guys just feels like they're never going to get wins in the LCK. I'm curious
0: to see if this moves at all, or if people are just going to be like, ew, and just not touch this game.
2: I think if anything, honestly, it'll move towards SP because they won the last series, and yeah. people, you these teams are priced evenly. That means someone's mispriced. Let's bet the team that won last time. I do. Yeah. God, what a shitty match.
0: <laughs> so the next one, so next one we have Dragon X minus 833 against Dynamics plus 452. I love Dragon X. You guys know me. I'm a Dragon X truther, but Dynamics is the play here. No question, right? I'm out
1: on Dynamics, dude. I don't think they're good.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: I think they, they caught a couple teams off guard at the beginning of the season, and if I took those like couple games out, then they don't look nearly as good this year.
0: Yeah, I. I, I Here is the thing with dynamics is I. I don't think they're gonna be like. They're they're not remotely close to the top four. I put them in like the same tier as like Sandbox and Afrika. I might put Sandbox and Afrika ahead of them, but I think that like dynamics are like way way better than Hamwa and Soleil one. Like way better. Like I don't oh, think I like most people. I think a lot of people view dynamics as like they're the clear number eight, like in their own tier, below them and above them. I think they're just, like, in the next... Like, I think they're with a freaking sandbox. I think they're as good as both of them. I mean, they, they just do a lot of stuff, right? They have some niche picks. I think Rich is playing ridiculous League of Legends so far this season, which... How cool is that, by the way? We, like, never really took the time to talk about that. Rich is, like, the former, like... He's, like, the best Heroes of the Storm player of all time, according to a lot of people. He's, like, they call him the faker of hots, right? And he's made that transition, and he's been pretty good. <laughs> Like, yeah, really, he's been pretty that's good.
1: Tough. That's tough, dude. People couldn't even make the transition between CS Source and CS:GO. Go, like, let, let alone be able to switch. I mean, I know they're the same genre of game, but it's not like they are the same game at all. Yeah. At all.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, but it's it's kind of cool, like, especially that game where, like, you know, I've I've played a little bit of Hans. I don't know it. Or, uh, Hots. I, I don't know it on, like, the super high level. I played a little bit of Han, too. <laughs> um, I don't know it on a super high level, but, like, from what I understand, like, it's not – as mechanically demanding, it's more about teamwork and dynamics. Like, not—I didn't mean to like make that pun, but it's like more about like playing the map and and teamwork and team play and objective focus. Right? He's been like a micro machine. He's been really, really good. So, yeah, I mean, he's had a couple of Lucian pop off games. Would you expect that from a rookie? Like, I know you're like the resident Lucian top hater. I usually agree with you, but like, he's had a couple of pop off games on it, which is not easy to do against some of the top laners in this league, so
1: I wouldn't be surprised to get him see him get picked up at some point by another yeah, team. T one I think I think he's been really good.
0: This it is like a classic T one, like pick him up next year and he's like the starter by the second half of the season. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um I just think like the other thing is like as good as Dragon X are, they punt games sometimes, so it, it feels like like a good like a, a fun like a good League of Legends team underdog getting plus money to take a game against a team that punts games sometimes. It feels pretty hard to pass up, but I also love Dragon X, so I'm completely conflicted. I like both these teams quite a bit, so...
2: I like... I, I mentioned earlier, but I like... I, I will always, pretty much always take the plus odds <clears throat> for a plus 1.5 against DRX <clears throat> against any team that's like they have, you know... League of Legends players and... <laughs> Fingers, finger, yeah. <laughs> they, they have some sort of hands. Because, I, like I said, they... I think DRX and I don't fault them for it. They just like to try weird stuff sometimes, and sometimes they just come out and absolutely destroy it with it. And it'll be this whack drop, but sometimes it just doesn't work out at all like they plan. So
0: what's kind of insane with DRX? We've talked about this a little bit before. Is like <laughs> when they play standard stuff, it feels like they don't know what to do. It's like the funniest shit in the world, right? Like when they're playing like a stock standard like Orin Two Core, they're like, "What do? Like I don't know how to operate this thing. This is stupid." Like they might win it anyway, but they're like. I want to play a collie, dude. Screw this. Like, I, to, I don't know. I it, it's so weird. Like Dragon X feel they don't play the same way, but they feel like Invictus two years ago a little bit, right? Where it's like I think this is one of the best teams in the world, but I also like, know they're just gonna punt games sometimes, like frequently. Yeah, I don't know. That's gonna be a tough one. I want to see where the number moves because I might end up talking myself out of just DRX two zero. They might see like everyone else surging and be like, "Oh, we got to get some wins." Maybe they'll not screw around too much. I don't know. LPL, a couple good games in the LCK, but it's mostly kind of a meh nah, weekend. Saturday morning is going to be fun. That's going to be an interesting slate Saturday morning. So, Friday we have Rogue Warriors plus four eighty two against Fun Plus Phoenix minus nine oh nine. Uh. Look,
1: yeah, I know I mean, Fun Plus
0: have that been that. struggling. Rogue Warriors have chained together some wins. Rogue
1: Warriors is not a good team. No, I totally agree on that. And I'm the kind of... Rogue Warriors is the XL of, of China. But uh, but I, I, I don't agree. I think they're, like, way worse than, like, XL comparatively.
0: They played a good series. Like, their last series is probably their best series of the year. So, I yeah. guess there's that. But, like, Fun Plus... Yeah, this is... It feels, it feels crazy because Fun Plus have been, like, a little hot and cold. But... Fun Plus is just they're they're still a good team even if the record doesn't show it. Like I don't give a shit what their record looks like. Like you watch yeah. the games that they play, like they're not doing stupid shit. Like they're very smart. They just lost to like elite teams, right? Um, yeah, not bad at
1: all. But it feels like it should be fun plus. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm actually probably gonna lay the money on this on the minus one and a half. I think fun plus are like two orders of magnitude better than this team. But I have to look into it more. EDG, have, go ahead,
2: Josh. Do you not? I don't know. Like. Does FPX not seem kind of like DRX in that they can just punt random games? Do you like, I, that's kind of my read with them their current iteration? Just because it feels like they're they're still figuring things out, and and I don't know, and obviously like they'd like to try some weird stuff. So that that kind of makes me lean the plus one and a half or 143 for Rogue, especially with how good Wooming looked uh, yeah. last series, but. I don't know. I'm kind of curious to get you guys' yeah, I don't. I don't think
0: FPX are experimenting as much as, like, they've just played really good teams. Like, I, like do you, do you honestly fault them for losing? Like, I'm just going to pull this up right now because I'm forgetting if they played anybody, like, really bad off the top of my head right now. So they've played top esports. This is their last five matches. They've played top esports, Vici Gaming. Think what you want about Vici Gaming, but they're pretty good. Alright, I think they're pretty good. I know you don't buy it, John. VG Gaming is the worst team that they've played in the last four.
1: Yeah, they've had a tough schedule for the most part.
0: RNG, I think you could make an argument that that was kind of a bad look. But RNG, like when RNG's on, they look incredible. So like, you can't really hold that one against them that much either. And then Victory 5, they went 2-1. to one. So... And then Eastor, they 2-0'd they, they Eastar. And they, they had Invictus before that. So they they went 3 and 3 in their last 6 but they've faced like 3 of the top 8 teams. Like all right, maybe throw out throughout and Star, So like they still faced 3 they faced top RNG and they faced top in Victory 5. And they beat Victory 5. Yeah, exactly. So like yeah, they're 13 and 11 in games, but I think this team's like way better than what like it I think perception is. And it feels weird saying that when they're minus nine hundred favorites, but I also think Rogue Warriors are kind of being overrated a little bit just because they've looked okay recently. So we'll see. I think FunPlus are like basically only going to struggle against the really good teams. I don't think they're. I, I don't think they're going to have too many issues. So the next one is testing my uh, intestinal fortitude a little bit here. Uh, EDG plus one twelve, LGD minus one forty nine. Uh, LGD sweep at plus two hundred five.
1: LGD have just completely fallen apart. It's uh, been really it's been interesting to watch.
0: I'm going to I'm uh, going to I'm going to call in my I told you so on this team.
1: Yeah, that, I don't like they,
0: to do this very often, but I'm straight up going to call it in on this team. Like I don't think they're bad, but they're definitely not good. Like it does, if does that make sense when I say that? Like they're they're clearly I think they're probably going to end up being close to a playoff team.
1: Yeah, they're probably, like, a playoff team or right around that area. But they came in, and I think we we kind of called this. I think none of us thought that they were, like, a legitimate contender no. coming into the season, where some people, I definitely think, thought that they were going to be a legitimate contender. Um, and we didn't really think that, but I did think they might be a little bit better than they are now. Like, this stuff always bothers me when, like, Kramer was such an insane hyper-carry the last couple splits when they were terrible. And now they brought in a team around him, and now he's not. And, like, I don't know if it's just the gold allocation that they're using is not working as well, or if he's fallen off, or... It just seems like that that happens a lot, where you put some superstar guys together, and you think they're going to all perform well now, and instead one of them just stops performing well. And that's kind of how I felt about LGD.
0: I've written a ton on LGD over the last, like, two or three weeks, and their biggest issue... Like, my biggest issue with this team is that, like, they're good. They have good players. When they get a lead, they... Like they can out like when they get they need a lead to beat you because they they're not good from a macro standpoint like they have really really poor fundamentals like they don't even try to set stuff up like they don't even try to set objectives up they don't think about how a team fight's supposed to go they don't identify who the real threat is or like what they need to avoid from the other team it looks like they literally just go out there and play solo queue and they're just good. And you just can't do that against functional teams. Like, sometimes you're going to get a lead because you individually outplayed some stuff, and you just end up... I've been calling it, like, wallet slapping. I've called them proficient wallet slappers. That's, like, that's like what I've called this team. Is that when they get a lead that's big enough early enough, which they're very good at, by the way, when they get a big enough lead early enough, that's a big enough cushion that you it kind of hides a lot of their deficiencies, and they don't end up mattering if they're ahead by 5k gold, right? So, but you saw like was it this, yesterday? You saw yesterday. The second they don't get a lead, they don't look. They don't know what to do. And even if the game's close, they're like, oh shit! Like we can't just like you know bulldoze into this situation and win. Like they're very. I, I I've I've uh, what's it called? I, I've compared them to like a big dumb barbarian in a gladiators arena versus like anybody that's got a functional knowledge of fighting. They're gonna struggle. Like, as long as you're... Like, if they can just, like, do strength on strength against you, they're going to beat a lot of teams because they have good players. And they've... they're able And Peanut's able to get ahead for them, like, get leads for them. But everything else about this team from a macro standpoint, they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. So, I think they're going to be better than the bad teams, but they're also going to punt games to bad teams because they do stupid shit a lot of the time. And... It's, it's so weird because in this spot, like, I want to like EDG, but EDG have looked a little off recently too. So this is a really tough handicap for me. Like my gut tells me EDG is like, no question take EDG here, but like they've had some questionable performances recently too.
1: I totally agree with you. I think this is a really hard one to choose. I, th- I almost feel like I would just take a minus 1.5 one way or the other. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like that's, that's my play for this one.
0: Just take your pick like one or the other. I I, I don't think you play both.
1: Yeah, not not both. Just the one that whoever you think is the is the team that's going to win this. Yeah. Just take.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm going to be on EDG here, but uh, <laughs> a lot of this is like I've literally told myself like I'm not betting LGD minus minus one and a half anymore against anybody. Like I don't care who it is because they just if if they don't get first, if there's a game where they don't get first blood, like all of a sudden they are totally live to lose that game. Like that's the way it feels when you watch this team. The good thing is they get first blood like sixty plus percent of the time because Peanut's a wizard. So, that they have that going for them. So they're going to get ahead a lot of the time, but it's it's tough. So, Josh, thoughts on this one? Or do you hate the you hate LGD?
2: No, no, no. Uh, I like to go against LGD, so I'll be. I'll, I'm, I may come out of retirement for this one. <laughs> this is a good. It's a pretty good slate. Like on Friday, actually, to be you just go all in on EDG and then just either Damwon or DRX, whoever you feel like yeah. on the team side. Um, because I I think I just think helps better than Kramer, at the end of the day. Yeah. So. Um, Saturday, <laughs> this is a
0: weird one. <laughs> Billy Billy minus two twenty two. Uh, Dominus plus one sixty four. So Billy Billy looked a lot. They look a lot better with Meteor in the lineup. Fofo's been playing super well. They look like the team we thought they were going to be. Right. So the question is, how good is that team really?
1: Yeah, they're like somewhere in the lower middle of the table somewhere like not a not a true like playoff contender probably just outside the playoffs somewhere maybe 10th yeah somewhere in that range
0: to me billy billy are a classic example of you have a preconception of something and then it doesn't pan out that way and they and they're terrible and then they start chaining together some wins they're they're way way better right now than their season long numbers for sure But a lot of times people overreact to that as well. If teams looked good recently, all of a sudden you start boosting them up a little bit. Don't overreact. They're better. They're a functioning team now. They're going to win some games. But I don't think this, like, all of a sudden they're going to be in playoff contention or anything like that. I don't think they're that caliber of team right now. But I do think they're a lot better. So, (laughs) do they deserve to be laying minus 222 against anybody is the real question here. Because Dominus...
1: I don't think you can bet them.
0: Yeah, because Dominus have looked a little bit better, but I don't think they're very good either. So I think this is probably Dominus or Pass. I don't think you can play Billy Billy in this spot.
2: I actually, it seems to me like the BLG minus one and a half to me. Like, I think I think we're talking about like yeah, BLG has been like underperforming a little bit, but at the end of the day, like they're still. Like Dominus is still really, really bad. Like Dominus is still like incredibly bad team. Yeah, no, yeah, you can go.
1: Ahead. I was just gonna say, I think like the BLG money lines off the table, but I kind of like that minus one point five. I think that the, they could definitely 2-0 this series a pretty high percentage of the time. Um, yeah. I don't know the Dominus really has anything for anybody.
0: Yeah, Dominus are like the only team remotely close to LNG. Like statistically speaking so like there's that argument i think they've been better than lng but i don't know what the hell that means so <laughs> i could totally see a two O in this spot i i'm i mean i don't know i i think don't overrate billy billy it feels like you're paying too much but i do think they're gonna win this series this might be one of those ones where you just lay like screw value you just know you know what i'm saying i don't know Invictus, minus 169. RNG, plus 128. This one is the most infuriating matchup of the year.
1: I think Invictus is going to squash him. I'm actually starting to get bullish on Invictus here.
0: I sure hope so. I already bet Invictus in this spot, but it was terrifying. I looked at this, and I was like, there's no way this number's right. There's no way. I don't know. Uh, RNG are... (laughs) This team... RNG have taken over what Invictus used to be a little bit. Like, they're just super two-faced, right? Like, they look incredible in the games that they win. They look absolutely incredible. And, like, literally the next game, they'll just be like, where am I? Like, how did I get on this stage? Like, what am I doing here? And they wake back up again for Game 3 a lot of times. It's like the weirdest, weirdest thing with this team. But I'm with you, John. I think Invictus are being underrated. I think I think everybody like talks themselves off the shy and all this stuff. If you like look at what this team's doing, they're like re- they're rebuilding themselves in the middle of a season and winning still.
1: I said and I said it before, like last week. As as much as you want to hate on the shy for some of his stupid plays, he gets his team significant leads more often than most other top laners as well. Even if sometimes he digs them a hole, so it's not like it's pure downside. Like it has downside some games, but some games it has really it has upside still. Yeah. And I think Balon is a good re I, I sorry about that. I think that I, I was talking about this the other day, but I think people don't realize the only reason that Southwind had the starting job was because Puff and Southwind had a lot of history together. They played together for a really long time. I don't necessarily think that anybody ever thought that Land was bad. It was just that they those guys had a lot of synergy together, and they wanted to bring them in and, and do their thing, and then it just kind of wasn't working over time. So they decided to go back to Land, who I think is a better player. I think a lot Southwind. of
0: people just thought Balan was going to retire. Like I legitimately yeah. thought that was what was happening. And like when Balan's playing, he's a top 10 support in the world, probably top
1: five. Yeah. I think he's really good. And 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 he also plays the style better. He's, he fits better with rookie ending and the shy than Southwind does. So yeah, I like, I'm pretty bullish on Invictus for the rest of the season. Look at Josh's face.
2: John, you gotta, before I come in with my commentary, you gotta let the podcast know your Twitter theory for IG for the (laughs) show. I
1: said that, uh, the shy is powered by friendship. And the more friends that he has in the lineup, the better he does. Because when he was without Ning or Baolan, he looked pretty bad, like terrible. And then he got Ning back and he started playing better. Now that Land's back, he's been playing even better. If we could just reunite him with Jackie Love, he would just go back to being the best top laner in the world. we have got to get far. the band back together. Yeah, he's purely powered by love. His He's <laughs> is, is powered by love and friendship.
2: And and it, and it ties together with with the uh,
1: the wife allegory from last week. Perfect. We saw we saw that him and rookie are clearly as close as a married couple. So <laughs> and all the that. and all the feeding
0: games like you have like you you only still want him on your team if you love him. Like if <laughs> exactly. he's one of your friends, he's like the friend that sucks that you still play with because it's your friend. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, you knew it's like he was loved when you saw him going like oh seven or whatever he was going, and they weren't ever considering subbing him. You knew he was loved. The other thing with this team is, like, how many
0: games happen where he feeds and it feels like it doesn't even matter? Because, like, the rookie just, like, shits on somebody and it's like, okay, yeah, never mind. He can do whatever he wants this game and they're winning, you know? There's so many games like that, too.
1: A lot of times, feeding, too, people don't realize this, I think, a lot of the time. I was talking to Roberts about it the other day, but, like, a lot of the time his feeding is in exchange for an insane amount of pressure that he's putting on his opponent. And he's up in farm and his opponent's being denied things. And then he dies. But, I mean, he's also hurting the enemy top laner in a way that makes them not super strong either. He's a leverage player.
0: Like, I think a lot of people – I mean, don't get me wrong. There is plenty of times where he just is not looking at the map and just dies because he's an idiot.
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt.
0: What you said is right. Like, he he is – there's a lot of people like carry top laners, right? There's a lot of people we would call carry top laners. How many people actually consistently come through on carry picks like he does? He's going to go 07 sometimes, but I trust him to carry on Illusion or a Quinn more than any other player in the world.
1: Yeah, like, he, he gets it done. yeah Yeah, so many other people take those picks and they just go even in lane or they win by, like, 5 CS. Yeah. Like, the shy routinely wins by, like, 40 CS yeah, when he's maybe, on...
0: Maybe time. Khan or Keen is, like, the only other person I put in Augury or the only other people I put in that conversation. But, like, these are the... the there is a select few players that I actually trust to take care of business when they do a counter pick like that and he's one of them. And that's really really power. You get so much draft equity from that. I don't think people realize like it's one of those things where it's like hidden power. It's not overt, it's not expressed, it's just a thing. That, like this is the Faker buff too. Because Faker can do everything at like best in the world level. You don't you might not see that every game, but just knowing that the enemy team has to respect all that kind of stuff, it's the same kind of angle, right? So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love Invictus here. I already put a bet in on this one. And I actually took the Invictus minus one and a half too, which I never do. Like, I, I'm I'm really big on Invictus in this spot. And I like... I think RNG... It's weird. They have good games. I just... I, I will never trust that team to win a series. I just can't do it. Like, they've 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 gone from, like, ten to, like, half a point. Like, so many times this season that it's like... All it takes is for them to, like roll a one two games in a row it feels like anyway uh next up we got go ahead josh
2: i was just gonna say uh one i'm sorry that you bet them because i was gonna announce this week that i'm officially back in on invictus because they beat e-star e-star is the new ig that i just hate and will never do <laughs> again uh so invictus has been replaced so i think i think this is a good spot to bet invictus which means inverse confidence model we all know it's gonna happen next, so True. sorry very
0: sorry. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. This is kind of wild. Like, it's just weird. Like, they're doing. I don't know. It, Play Invictus. They're good. They're better. They're better than people think. People like to shit talk to them, and like they. I think people just like memeing the shy, and they forget that this team's actually good. Like th- I think that's kind of like a symptom of like the 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 social media presence is that you sometimes forget like, oh, this team's just good. Vici plus four fifteen against Top Esports minus seven fourteen. Um, top minus one and a half is that minus one fifty four. I am a big fan of Vici, but I feel so bad for them in this spot because they have to catch Top coming off their loss. <laughs> I don't. So look, I don't think. I really don't think it's that unlikely that Vici get a game. I don't. Like, I think I, I, it would not shock me at all to see Vici get a game. That said, I do still think the play is probably top sweep.
1: Yeah, I think top sweep 2 0.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm, I'm, I like Vici a lot more than you guys do. Uh, they're, I mean, if you, dude, they are not a bad team. Like, I swear they're not. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll show you guys some stuff off the show. I don't want to go into it now. We're running super long. Uh, I could see them taking game but I do think like the most likely outcome is a top 20 like by more than this number. So I actually think you just play top 20. Um JDG minus 208 Fun plus plus 153. This is kind of a banger on
1: Sunday morning. Yeah, super banger. That's a monster matchup. Yeah, this is feels kind of weird the
0: JDG are favored by this much, doesn't it? But I guess like the way Fun plus have been recently, maybe that's not surprising. Like they've lost to some good teams and JDG are pretty good. I don't. Feels a little rich, right? I feel like I have to be on Fun Plus.
1: Yeah, both of these teams have had their shortcomings this season. Neither one of them's looked infallible. Um, it's it's a little hard not to be on Fun Plus at plus one fifty three. If it was a little closer, I'd probably just popcorn this game. But I think I end up betting FPX.
0: Yeah, it just feels it feels like too much, right? Like uh, Josh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like I I think both of these teams are very very good. I think J. You can make an argument that Jdg have looked a little bit better, but. It feels like you can't say no to FunPlus at this number, right? Yeah, I agree.
2: I think this is a pretty good spot. The one thing I will say is I'm a little bit concerned for the bot lane matchup. Um, like, I think uh, I think Lumao has moved into the best sport in the world kind of role. Definitely. Definitely. Like,
0: Lumao's yeah. a monster, dude. He's so good.
2: He's <laughs> just a little bit scary for FPX there because Crisp has been, like, worse than we expected, or, like, than we anticipated coming from. He's still really, really good. Still good, but that—that'd be my only concern—is there the bottling. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: see a hell of a jungle mashup in this one. Tian and Kanavi. Oof. Yeah, this is gonna. This should be a really good series. I could see this turning into a three-game slobber knocker, like no problem. I hope it is. go nice, like seven Sunday morning, seven a.m. I already woke up and I'm pre tilted off of whatever. You know, Soul Hay- I have to go from watching Soulhei One and Hamwa to this. So Oh, I'll be watching the L- you guys know me, I'm the L C K guy. I'll be watching the LPL on Sunday morning. Because I think Vici Top is probably a more competitive matchup than it looks like. But JDG Fun Plus is like the icing on the cake. Alright, uh pick of the week. Last week we did not do so well. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I had I had FPX plus one eighty eight against I forget who it was. I think it was E Star. No, it was um
1: top. It was against top. Oh yeah, plus one eighty eight it had to be top. Yeah, it
0: was against top. Um that did not work out, although yeah, I don't know, the top I think one of those games was actually pretty close if I remember right, and then the other one top just like obliterated them. John, you had L G D minus one and a half against OMG.
1: No love. Are you
0: are you are you now on board? You can't play one and a half with this team.
1: Yeah, they they definitely were a team that caught me off guard. I didn't think they were going to be quite as bad. Although I probably should have looked at the stats before that game because when I was doing my breakdowns for the esports department, the narrative that you said that you've seen with your eyes was all there in the stats. The yeah. way that the stats played out told you that if they get behind, they can't win, and that's not a hard strategy to to exploit. Exactly.
0: Uh, Chris had EDG plus one twenty five against RNG. That series was that was a weird series. We didn't even talk about that one, but that series was bizarre. Like that was one of the weirder two O's this year. Like both those games were like super long. Like honestly, EDG EDG was winning. EDG should have won the second game. They were up like six thousand gold. They had I think they had Infernal Soul and lost. Like. I forget what happened. Like, it was something like that. Like, it was it was egregious. Like, they should have won that. They, they should have won that game. I don't know if they would have won the series, but... I had EDG plus one and a half. I was pretty pretty tilted on that one. <laughs> that was a weird series, though. Like, the, honestly, EDG could have won both those games, but... Anyway. And then Josh, our savior, had CLG, Counter Logic Gaming, saving the day at plus 197 to basically just erase two of our losses for us, so... Yeah, um Yeah, good pick against E. G. So we ended up down what, like one and a one in change on the week because of the plus one ninety seven on CLG, so nice pick there, Josh. This week where are we looking? Uh Chris is taking fun plus plus one fifty three against JDG, which we just talked about. I think that's a good pick. Uh who wants to go next? <laughs> oh, I thought for a second I looked at it I was like I thought you two were clashing on pick of the week.
1: Have we I'll ever take, done that? I'm not sure we I'm not sure we ever have had one where we could have. That, that hardcore. But I took OG -128 against Misfits. I think OG's going to kill Misfits. Josh.
2: Yeah, uh honestly I'm between two and I like I don't know. I, I think I think I'll just go with the better odds. I think SK -115 versus Vitality is really strong. I really do like CLG minus one thirty five against Memorial, so um, I'll probably be betting like heavily on both of those. So I think those those are go hand in hand for me this week. Those were the two lines when I first looked at the slate uh, back on Tuesday when all the lines dropped that both stuck out initially, and I still feel the same way. So
0: yeah, I am going to go Invictus moneyline. So Invictus moneyline against RNG minus one six nine. So yeah, um, let me write that in. So uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, we had a lot. Uh, this ended up taking a little longer, but we we wanted to dive into LEC getting back at it. So um, check us out at the esports department. Hop into the Discord, Discord if you guys haven't already. Um, check out Chris over at the Game House, but hit us all up on Twitter. And I think we're going to get out of here. It's been it's run pretty long tonight. So yeah, it's been a long time today. I've got I've got a lot of work to get ahead of this weekend. So uh, I'm going to be trying to get that. Um, we'll see you guys around good luck this weekend
1: talk to you later
0: the gold card podcast opening theme is clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons the closing theme is wasp in a hat by the tea club subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and podbeam to never miss an episode